What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I'm your host and rocking it solo tonight. I'm Bailey Eigbrett, and joined with me is a familiar face down in the right-hand corner who's been on several shows, Mr. Drew Gregory. And uh, for folks who've been around for a while, have uh, recognized the face up in the top of right-hand corner. We got Mr. Tyler Cole. Cheers, buddy. And uh, down in the left-hand side, we got a newbie not only on the show, but a newbie to – I shouldn't really say a newbie to kayak fishing, but maybe to the tournament scene uh, for kayak fishing that we're going to get a cool perspective from tonight. We got Mr. Nolan Miner. What's going on, fellas? Hey, man. What's up, doing? guys? I'm excited. Pump. Let's get it going. Yeah, I, I want to kick this off first by apologizing to all the folks that texted me over the weekend saying how much better the audio was on Friday's episode that it's now gone back to crap because uh, for some reason my mic wouldn't work today. Uh, so these guys got to laugh at me offline here for a few minutes while I tried to figure out you know, technology because we're not friends. So uh, apologies if you're not satisfied with the audio on today's show, but we're going to do our best with it. And uh, either way, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. The good news is okay. that just that just means we're going to talk more since our audio is good. Bailey, you, you know, you just ask a couple questions and we'll just take it from there, brother. Yeah, you right. know what? Actually, I would like to go watch the Bills game. So, Drew, if you want to take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hey, I need Ramadre Stevenson to score like two touchdowns for me to win and make the playoffs. So I doubt it's going to happen, but that's what I'm hoping. Oh, man. If we want to go on a tangent, I, uh, I had Jalen Hurts starting this past weekend. And because, uh, okay, we don't do well as an Eagles team, but Jalen Hurts gets points because he runs for touchdowns. And I get a notice on ESPN at like the notification was like 1245, but I didn't check it until like 105 because I was out on the lake and then he had a high ankle sprain and was taken out. And I had Tom Brady on the bench and he went off for 30 points and I had my QB for zero. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a rough weekend for fantasy for me. That is but, rough. Yeah. But, uh, boys, let's uh, let's kick it off because, one, I think, uh, Drew, you've obviously had some big life events, but uh, I think we have a little catching up to do with Tyler and some little introduction to do with Nolan. But I think first things first and biggest news here is, Drew, you got a, you added another new member to the family, man. I did, man. I did. It was pretty exciting. You know, uh, some of you guys follow on social media. I haven't been on there a lot lately because all that's going on. But my wife was induced uh, about six weeks early, and we had a little girl. Uh, you know, she spent some time in the NICU, and and if you follow along with some stuff my wife's posted, she has. We've known she's had a little heart tumor, and it's usually associated with a rare genetic disorder that could totally, be, you know, change our entire lives if she has it. And you get the results back about two weeks after, you know, she's born, two or three weeks. And we just got the results back today, and she had a 70 to 80% chance of having the disorder based on the kind of heart tumor she has, and she doesn't have it. And, it, I mean, my wife and I just sobbed in each other's arms because, you know, you just it just changes your life. Nothing else matters. None of this fishing stuff, nothing else really matters when you're thinking about, you know, you got this girl, you want to walk down the aisle one day, and then somebody tells you she may have a disorder where she can't live a normal life. She may be autistic. She might have, you know, all kinds of other things that – go along with that uh, tubular sclerosis disorder. So a lot of uh, answered prayers uh, for us, for sure. So we're having a good good day over here at the Gregory household. And thank you guys so much. Anyone who's out there who's definitely sent me messages and um, in support. The whole kayak fishing community has been unreal behind us, uh, like, so much. We can't thank you guys enough. And uh, I'm just excited to be, you know, be, be back on here and talking a little fishing and kind of getting away from all that stress, or at least what was a little stress in the back of our minds. And and, you know, after having that good news. So 
Excited, man. Yeah. Congrats, man. I, I'm yeah. multiple fronts there, obviously. Yeah. One of the, the health and, and the new family members. Yeah, so yeah. And, and, congrats, the tum- and the tumor she has is the kind that shrinks and goes away. So in theory, this was all just, get, you know, hopefully in a year or so when that tumor's gone, it was all just a bad dream and it means like nothing. And who knows how many of us probably had that before the technology was so good. Speaking of yeah. technology, the technology they use is no different than the sonar technology that we're using. And now it's just so good. The same way fishing has gotten better. They can see inside mama's womb, inside baby's belly, see your heart so clear to find that little tumor that, that, you know, back in the day when I was born or any of us probably didn't have that technology. So it was kind of fun talking a little, uh, <laughs> sonar with all the nurse techs and, and they were just laughing like oh you do understand this stuff, this stuff. So, anyway. even doctor they even got doctors using live scope now live scope. Yeah. here let me read that to you yeah. you see here well uh let's keep it rolling here and tyler dude what have you been up to since uh the off season kicked off for you oh uh, well we had a great big all-american classic and Missouri. I've been a month and a half ago now and handed out a ton of money. And we had, we ended up with 172 down there this year. And it was just an awesome event. We gave, gave out some big bass, hourly big basses was $150 an hour this year. And then 500 per day. And then a thousand overall. And can't, can't thank the town of Clinton, the greater Clinton tourism board and everything they do. You know, they went out, they go to bat for us and really help us out with that event. And Everhart's there, they swing the doors open for us. So it's been been doing that. And then we just got done. Our shotgun season started this weekend. So been out in the woods shooting some shooting deer. And <laughs> I saw that. You got a nice one, dude. Yeah, did all right. He, it might, my buck, it was about 35 minutes and I had my buck on the ground. So my daughter, (laughs) my daughter's still kicking herself because I told her, I told her for two weeks, I said, I'm going to set this stand up. The steer's going to walk right up the fence. He's going to come out at 30 yards and you'll be able to shoot him all the night before. She's like, dad, I'm really tired. I'm I'm just going (laughs) to sleep in in the morning. (laughs) So at 728, I text her and I said, Hey, should have been here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny how that happens. I've had a few deer happen that same way where it's like you wake up at, you know, six o'clock. Like, yeah, screw it. We'll go. <laughs> yep. And it all happens. But yeah. 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 So a great let's, season. Uh, heck yeah, man. We're going to, we're going to break into that a little bit more as we get on today's show. But uh, yeah. I think for, for folks who may not recognize his face, let's do a little introduction here. Mr. Nolan Meyer, tell us a little bit about yourself, dude. Um, so I am an aspiring I don't know if you want to say professional fisherman. I want to I want to work with this stuff uh, for the rest of my life. Obviously, I don't want to do anything else. And I'm just kind of working my way through life, trying to figure out where this this fishing game is going to take me, where I'm supposed to end up. Heck yeah! Man. Started off fishing in college. That's where most people know me from. Um, I fished the the college classic bracket. I did pretty well in the college series, and then I fished the Bassmaster Opens this season. Um, I fished the Northern Opens. And decided next year, uh, all things considered, that I'm going to hold off on the opens. But I can't just quit fishing tournaments. I, I like the competition a little too much. So I'm going to 
jump over to the kayak side of things, which I am no stranger to. I mean, most of the, I still probably, even after all the uh, college stuff I did, I've still probably spent more time bass fishing from a kayak than I have from a boat. So uh, that, that should go. All right. It, it's gone pretty well for my brother. So I'm going to oh, yeah. join him and see if we can give you guys a hard time. Shout out your minor. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I mean, we got the, you got the Johnson brothers out in the elites. Now you got the minor brothers to, to watch out for on the kayak circuits. But uh, I mean, anyone that, that follows your socials knows that you're just a straight fish head. Like it doesn't matter if it's bass or anything, you will go fish for it regardless of what you're fishing out of or from and whatever the hell you're fishing for. Uh, so like, I, I will agree. You're no stranger to the kayak, but like, this is going to be your first stab at like big kayak tournaments though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I fished. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the West Virginia organization, MSKA. I fished a little mm-hmm. bit with them, um, when I was at school at WVU, but besides yep. that, I haven't really done anything kayak wise. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Is this a reset Nolan for, for you? Is this just like a break of a year to kind of reset and figure out financial things for the opens next year or potentially just one group of the opens, one division, or is it just, you're not sure right now? Uh, yeah, definitely. Some of that, the, um, the, it's kind of feels like a breath of fresh air to fish with a kayak and you know, all the, the finances <laughs> that go into that, uh, are not, yes. not nearly oh, yeah. life threatening. <laughs> um, not. So I don't know. We're going to, we're going to see where it ends up next year is definitely going to not be a bad year to, uh, to not be putting gas in a bass boat and a truck pulling the boat. So, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of things considered. And I didn't really like the Northern's open schedule. I'm sad that I won't get to fish the James in April, which is the first Northern open. It's going to be amazing. Um, But besides that, I don't know. Supposedly, Oneida is good. It was not very good when Bailey and I were there uh, (laughs) this year. But but, uh, yeah, and so I I decided the kayak schedule looks really fun, which I guess we're going to get into in this podcast. And so I don't care what I'm fishing out of. I just want to be fishing when the fishing is good. You'll you'll probably yeah. still jackpot a few bass boat uh, events, I'm sure. If they, if, you know, yeah. fish your schedule, yeah, 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 nice. Yeah, he's. We'll see how bad his little brother beats up on him. He might go back to the opens in two years, but uh, we'll see after how this year goes. <laughs> It'll be interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, is like the plan for you guys to like carpool together and such, and just kind of like work together as you go? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to work together. We actually, so the only kayak tournament him and I have ever fished together, MSKA did a statewide thing, um, but it was during like peak COVID quarantine time. And so they opened it up to all the states that border West Virginia because you weren't supposed to travel across state boundaries. But there were so many people from surrounding states that participated in that. Mm -hmm. So we got to fish in Virginia for that event and we kind of practiced the lake together and, you know, shared every info every bit of info we're not worried about that hopefully it'll still be like that um he seems to be open to the idea of just being kind of open book because we would probably benefit greatly from that so that's kind of the game plan we want to do something like that nice heck yeah so i guess uh without further ado uh we've gotten introductions and caught up with you guys let's uh let's start diving into to 2022 and before we get into it i kind of i like and I brought all you guys on, one, just because you're, you're good fellas and I like to get you on a show. But, uh, but two, the perspectives here I think are pretty cool in that, you know, we have Drew, who's been in, and Tyler as well, who's been in the sport for like, almost since the beginning. 
But uh, and obviously, Drew, from an angler perspective tonight, we got Tyler from a tournament director, and then Nolan hopping in from the boater side to go take a first stab at these these national tournaments. I think it's going to be cool to have this perspective as we, we dive down the list of these schedules for, for 2022 and the, the different trails. So I think what we'll do is um, to start off, we'll start out with bass. Cause I think bass is the, I think more intriguing schedule. I think for a lot of folks in terms of um, obviously location, but I think in terms of rules, which has been a, a topic of discussion in recent and uh, for tonight's show, I did actually link, I was talking to Jeff over at uh, Kayak Bass Nation because they had on the tournament directors from Bass, and I, I linked their show down below in the show notes because they did a really good job at talking through that whole Grand Lake deal. But uh, I would like to walk through the schedule with you guys and kind of see your takes on it and then maybe kind of go over that quick roll too as well and get perspectives from all of us. So um any thoughts on the bass schedule before we start diving through each lake and time of year? Feel free to let Tyler, it rip, boys. We don't we need to hold yeah. back. <laughs> Tyler, go ahead, man. Um, I, I, I'm a little disappointed being a northerner. But, I mean, I get it. They're a business, you know. I mean, lacrosse has always been a staple, you know. I was disappointed, but they do have to change the schedule up also. I mean, you can't, you can't bang every lake out the same every year. And so I get it, but I mean, as for the lakes they picked, they're, they're cookie cutter lakes, you know, I mean, it's the same thing the boats hit. And I mean, but they're doing, they're doing some things, you know, with the AOI and that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm not a big fan with a two day single day. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a two day event, it should be weighted different. Like we have a three day event for the All American this year that's weighted a little different. But I do like that somebody finally took the the prerogative to put an off limits. You know, level that up. We we actually sat in we had a conference call that day when they and they did that and we talked about you know what's a what's a good time frame. You know, and it's so hard with all the organizations out there. You don't want to limit somebody from fishing their state level. You know, say there's a tournament on that lake two weeks before. Well, you don't want to say, well, I can't fish it because I want to fish the bass event in two weeks, but it's off limits. You know, so you had to find, you had to find a happy medium. And I mean, it's a start. And so hopefully, I mean, hopefully everybody kind of takes note and everything changes from there. So. Yeah, I, it's when you, uh, coming from another northern perspective, and uh, I think no one might be able to weigh in, uh, weigh in on it too. But I mean, you're a little bit more south than than we are, and I think Tyler by far has the longest drive out of all of us. But uh, the, the I, closest one is nine and a half hours. Nine and a half. Yeah, I might actually. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got you beat on that. Closest one for me is eleven and a half. Yeah. No, sorry, it's twelve. Pickwick's twelve for me, yeah. but uh, actually, wait, uh, South Carolina. I didn't qualify for that one, so I'll take that out of there. Yeah, but no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I'll be there. I'll be there. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough to, and I understand their point on uh, going back to that KBN episode. They're talking about not going to certain locations because uh, they want bigger draws, and that you know, they don't get a certain draw in the north. And I totally understand that. Um, but I also think I'm the outlier in the fact that I'm willing to make those drives because I don't mind traveling. Um, 
But I, it's it's a tough conversation for me because I understand the business aspect, but I'm also from a selfish side. Obviously, don't want to travel, you know, ten plus yeah. hours for every event. So it's, I don't know, it's it's an interesting one for me, and it's one where it's just like the simple solution is like getting trying to get people in the north to to come to these more yeah. more national size events. But um, Nolan, what's your what's your take on a schedule that's more kind of predominantly southern than northern? Yeah, I mean, this just sounds like the college series schedule the same conversation that happens every year bass as a tournament organization they're smarter to put stuff in the south and i i think i mean i guess from what you guys are saying maybe the turnouts aren't as high up north but it was kind of the same way um for the college series and you know until they can have as big of tournaments in the north as they do in the south it you know it's probably going to stay that way and I think if you like to bass fish and you want to fish competitively at a high level, you're going to drive like, you know, if you live in the South at some point, you're going to go up North and vice versa. But yeah, usually if you're in the North, you're driving more than guys in the South do. Yeah. Hence why all the pros for any trail. Yep. They all move to the Southeast, right? Like most of them. So Texas or, or Guntersville. Yeah. And maybe Florida, North Carolina has got a lot, but yeah, it's, and it's tough too. And like, I'll speak on, you know, New York's behalf that uh, I think I'm and not that I've done it a lot in history. Right. I can't really speak that saying that I'm a traveling angler. I hope to become one more this coming year doing four or five Hobie events. But uh, I think there's two people I know of in, in the entirety of New York that will travel out of state for tournaments. And it's something that, you know, I'm already trying to get into the local trails. of like, Hey, anybody want to go to these events? Cause un- until we get that momentum going, there's not going to be more events northern or where places like you're seeing out west, and that's a whole different conversation. But um, it's it's a tough conversation. But I, I, like it's both sides you can get you can understand aspects from. But uh, Drew, I'm curious on uh, on your side of things. What do you think? Yeah, man, it's kind of a this overall first question is kind of like where do I want to go, you know? But I'm going to try to keep it just general. Now we'll get into more of these topics later, but. You know, the thing that bass always struggle with is when you're doing five events, you know, I guess it's six. Is it six with the championship or is it just five? It's six with the championship, five regular season. Right. But five events that, you know, account for the AOI and having the United States being as big as it is, you're never going to be able to just cover it. It's impossible. That's why you see the Hobies and the KBFs do so many, you know, like 10 events or, or more, you know, eight, nine, 10 events, because you can sort of get close enough to those main pockets of bass fishing. Um, yep. And so let me just say this before we even go any further in this podcast, you know, everything we talk about here, I want to make sure everyone understands that, you know, we as the anglers and I'm a former tournament director, I ran, you know, the river bass and yep. tournament trail started for 10 years. We teamed up with MSKA. We did events with them. You know, all, we went, I've done it. I think we did as many as like 16 events one year across the whole U S so I get what they're dealing with on the tourism side of things and the business side. I get that. I get the angler side, but it's just always going to be, you know, tough until you can start to get to, you know, you know, more events. It's going to be a challenge for them to cover the whole country. So I do just want to say that no matter what in this entire podcast, what we're saying here is meant to be constructive, not not like, oh, right. this, this trail isn't doing this or that. Or we're like complaining right. because what we're talking about here, we're not saying go build a stage with you know like big screen tvs and fireworks and all that we're not saying go spend more money we're just saying here's some things that i think can be constructive that aren't going to cost you any more money it's just a decision you have to change just a decision and that's it that can be more beneficial for us all so having said that you know there's definitely things we'll get into here that 
uh, are, are the things we'd love to see changed. You know, we're probably not going to sit here and talk about all the things that we loved as much, which is kind of like if you have bad service at a, you know, at a, at a store or restaurant, no one ever goes and writes on the comment cards and calls in the company like, awesome job. You guys are the best. Cause that's what you expect. But you get all those, you know, the comment cards are always about the things that need to be changed. So we'll, we'll probably talk about those more, but I just want to say what a tough job those guys have at all three of these trails. Um, and yeah, we appreciate it as a team. When I say team, like the anglers, the sponsors, the fans, and the tournament directors and trails themselves. We appreciate all the hard work that you guys do. So thank you so much. And I hope that this gets shared and people do listen to podcasts like this, because we can make a difference as anglers. So anyway, all, having said all that, the schedule is just, I wish, obviously we all wish there could be maybe eight events that would cover those pockets that, that are need be, you know, you got that Texas group in the, in the Ozarks, you got the group in the Midwest that's strong, you know, up to Lake St. Clair and that whole Smalley area over there. And you got the Northeast and of course the Southeast, if you can get some event, an event in all those territories, and of course you'll have a couple maybe in, in different groups, then then at least you're covering the whole all your bases, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a weird shift too that in the Northeast and Nolan. I don't know if you can agree if it's the same trend where you're at, but it's like as soon as that first spring tournaments, like usually like that early April tournaments kick off for us. Like we have tournaments that have just eighty local anglers um 80 to 90 and then like when you get to that july time frame you're lucky to get 30 it's it's yeah. like you only got those guys that go out like just when mm. it's good um it, it's it's weird to get up here i don't know nolan do you find the same thing down by you yeah well i mean i'm kind of from a part of the state where i don't have a ton of options when it comes to tournaments like i gotta drive pretty far to do that um but yeah it's it's definitely like I mean, the only stuff that I really fish that I could compare that to would be electric tournaments on like electric only tournaments. Um, and yeah, you know, once the fishing gets bad, people stop, stop coming. Yeah. And Tyler, you get pretty damn big draws up by you, don't you? Yeah. I mean, we, we do pretty good for the Midwest. I mean, there's not, like I said before, there's not a lot of Midwesterners that really travel. I mean, there's, there's 25, probably 25 to 30. You know, but you got to get south before you get a lot of guys traveling, you know. So, I mean, everybody stays pretty close to home, so. Yeah. In that that uh, Spirit Lake tournament that was last year, didn't you guys have over 100 people in that? Uh, I think we had – well, we had – there was two events at the same time, and there was oh. – I think there, we had 57 or 58 which is a pretty good turnout for up here for us. Well, like last year was our first year with the all American series. So, I mean, it was, we averaged 50 across the board all year long. So, okay. And that was before, yeah, that was before anybody really knew what was going on. Right. So to start, that's great, man. That is, that's awesome. So yeah, I would think in a perfect world, if you have one event in each one of those major regions, which by the way, I forgot to mention the West coast I'm not, not, not intentionally, but obviously there's a huge contention out there. Drew. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to get all the West Coast hate here. But uh, <laughs> if you could have one event that's in that zone, and that way everyone that lives there only has like a, you know, one, two, maybe three-hour drive, and then get one that's in between, you know what I mean, like zones. Yeah. And, and then if and if your AOI has uh, something like, you know, you fish three events or whatever, it seems to be kind of common. Uh, I know BASS is four. We'll, we'll get into that. Then if people can say, oh, I can get to two of them reasonably, and then I just need to travel to one other one that might be nine hours away or 10 or 11. And then that's like money if you can get that, you know, and get the right fisheries 
So, yeah, Steve, see, he's calling me out. Where's Callie? I know, I know. But uh, shout out to the Shane Lamont and all the Cali guys out there. I mean, you guys rock. But, yeah. um, I mean, we, we definitely want to have events out there too and then then see what happens. We could bring everyone together, for, you know, for the championship. So, hey, even <laughs> even Bassmaster and MLF struggle with that. So kayak guys can't. They do. Can everyone does. It's like, you know, everyone struggles with that. Yeah. So, but they're doing a good thing out there. Actually, just shout out to Shane Lamont. He did post a really nice – uh series they're doing out there i forget what it's called but it's like legit like 200 and something dollar pay, you know buy-in there's an off limit actually there's only one day practice that's it that's a friday practice day and that's it so they're doing a lot of cool stuff aoi that's good so you guys in california out west anywhere anywhere go check that out if someone wants to drop the name in the comments of what that series is i can't remember if it's called the iron man or something like that but check that out anyway but when we're browsing here drew i'll, I'll find it and i'll, I'll yeah. put it out there to get some recognition but um oh gosh i lost my train of thought here well, oh, we, we were talking about, yeah yeah well, we'll start diving into the tournament schedule here um so I, I think the first and foremost we'll get started with the first one in february february 5th and 6th which is lake fork texas mm-hmm. uh how i mean i think this is one a lot of people are going to look at uh this one and also obviously we'll get to it later but that um, the Hobie event on Toledo, people might look at to try to do in conjunction and like trying to hit them both at the same time. But um, speaking about just this one on Lake Fork, uh, what are you guys thinking? One, fishing wise, do you think that what's the turnout going to be for something this early in the season? And uh, let's kind of get the ball rolling for Fork. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Turn- huge turnout. It's always the best turnouts are always the first ones of the year. I mean, look at the mm-hmm. KBF. 10, you know, trail series event and 10 invitational down in Kissimmee, Florida, 170 something last year. I mean, it's always people are just dying to get south, get warm weather and catch a fish again. It's been months for, you know, yeah. us up north here. So I think it'll be huge. That and it's it's Lake Fork. I mean, <laughs> I mean, every I know, like for us up here, that was always the that was the the trip of the year, you know, head down to Fork, try to catch a 10, you know. Yeah, wasn't it last year at that time? Was that that snowstorm they had, or was that January? Can you guys recall? It was earlier. I think it was January, but it it helped yeah. their tournament push. It pushed their spawn back a little bit, and I think it helped. Yeah, you know. Um, oh gosh, uh, I'm blanking on. Why am I blanking on the Elite Series angler that won that one? Uh, oh, Livesey. Livesey, yeah, Lee, yeah, yeah. I think it, it pushed it all back, and Lee was able to take that spook and top water and do his thing on on home water. Mm-hmm. So, Nolan, have you fished Fork? No, um, and it's funny, like listening to y'all talk about this. I I'm pretty spoiled having fished the College Series because I've traveled so much and fished a lot of these destination lakes, and so I have a, a much different train of thought on them, like <laughs> I, because I've been to so many really good fisheries when they're not you know like places that get fished hard it's not easy to catch them they live there that's kind of how i feel about fork i mean it's it's people are going to catch them for sure um and it might be you know on the money but like toledo bend historically has been you know like people think of that as like one of those texas like big bass lakes and there's there's like 500 college kids that you can ask about toledo bend (laughs) in the pre-spawn to see if that's you know actually how it is yeah (laughs) <laughs> no doubt man i mean you're kind of teasing one of the, my favorite topics to talk about with the kayak world is that you know like you said tyler we're going bass is going to all the lakes that they 
basically they had a relationship with those tourism tourism departments and their yep. business. They're going to hit them up first. Hey, I know we're not doing a college series or an open or elite this year. How about a kayak? And then they're like, all right, we're in. But to me, the beauty of the kayak is it's unlimited, you know, or it's limitless, right. or whatever you want to call. It, so we can go anywhere. So I feel like, and I know that, see, people are confused about things like Nolan saying Gunnersville and Fork <laughs> and these big name lakes, they're only big names to us because the marketing departments for those cities got these major bass boat trails yep. to go market them and fish them. So we don't realize how many other lakes like that are out there. Now we're finding out slowly, but surely when you got, you know, you know people online, uh, Again, why am I blanking on the, the lake in Tech Ivy? Oh, you know, places like that are going getting exposed, and and but there's yeah. a million, there's a so there's 130 lakes out there in the, in the U.S. that are 8,000 acres, around 130. I might be a little off. Um, that are 8,000 acres and up. Those elite series guys and the opens, they're looking for lakes that are like, I'm talking like they want 20. 30, 45,000 yeah. acres and more to handle all those boats. The unique thing about the kayak and what makes us different is we don't have to have that. We need because we're also allowed to fish, you know, further up the rivers and creeks. So you got all that water, plus the lakes themselves. Plus, we don't need a tourism, the tourism funding from a, a larger city. We don't need Knoxville, Tennessee. We don't need that sort of funding because we're not live streaming. You don't have all the overhead. We right. we don't need as much. So let's take advantage of those other these hundred and thirty lakes, which about which only maybe thirty of them have or buy a tourism that can support the elite series or yeah. MLF. So really all the, you know, take, well, it's about a hundred lakes, I guess we would have left to pick from and river systems. Let's go there. And you'll be shocked to see, you know, what comes out of those places. And, you know, KBF did it this year with uh, a couple things. KBF did it this year with the Trinity River, Trinity river system. When yeah. Guillermo won Jody, Smash they had the 110 and 108. And then yeah. another good example was the when the, the championship for BASS when we were on Possum Kingdom. No one's really heard of that lake nationally, but we just no. rushed them out there. Yep. And so that will happen. And so I feel like we're not going to butt heads with the bass boat world and those guys because no. when they see us out there on those lakes, they're, they're just like, man, I wish those guys could, you know, if you have a kayak, I wish you kind of hit some different lakes. And, and we do. So I'm hoping that's yep. what will happen in the future, that the trails will see. Hey, let's find some – and I will commend the trails again, Hobie and KBF. They've done a good job of putting some of those in to the equation. Um, you know, bass, hopefully we can next year, but, uh, but they have done a good job of doing that. And, and I think the kayak anglers enjoy it the same way Nolan is talking about it. Cause you want to go somewhere. Once you've been to those bucket list lakes, you want to go somewhere, you know, eventually you want to go somewhere kind of new. Cause that's, what's fun is yeah. to me, what's fun is doing this in the winter when it's cold up here in Ohio, the map study and the excitement of figuring out a new puzzle. That's what's exciting. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. <it>. That's right. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the anticipation of that first kiss when you're dating that girl is, you know, almost better than the first kiss sometimes. All right. That's like, to me, that's how it is with the tournament, dude. Like it's just the map study and all the like anticipation for the event. But if it's the same one, yeah. I've already like scoured it completely. It's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go there. If especially if they make the mistake of putting it the same time of year, it's like I guess yeah. it's going to be one doing the same thing, the same place. I know who's going to be where, at what ramps, and what they're going to be doing. That's not yeah. really a true test of uh, anything. Anyway, I'll, I'll get off that rant. We can get to the next topic or next. <laughs> lake. But I, but I'm excited. I've never yeah. been to Lake Fork. I've never, I've never been to Lake Fork. So like you, I'm excited, uh, Nolan, to at least check that one out. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're not comparing your love life to to bass. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here all night. But hey, but February is a good time to be there because you're going to be there before anybody else. I'd rather be there in February than in April or May, even though it's it's hot. But I just would rather fish with a little bit less crowds, honestly. As long as it doesn't cold front. Yeah. Yeah, Scott here confirmed it. Yeah, it was in February uh, before the Hobix. I think there was. I think it was a few weeks after that. There was a, a bass event on it correct on fork last year or was that yeah that was in march was in march okay so yeah a decent amount of time afterwards but it was like almost exactly it was a it was still some spawn going on during that event wasn't it yeah because it was was, pushed back from that storm yeah there was the elite event is that what you're talking about well there's a bass kayak event sorry they're both both, but yeah the kayak kayak event they were everywhere i mean you could catch them about anywhere on bed offshore I mean, mm-hmm. it was talking it was about nice. talking about spawn and beds. It's almost like you are talking about my love life again, man. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Drew. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah. But no, I think I think Fork will be. I'm curious to see uh, to hear what you guys think. You know, obviously Bass is going to two day events, uh, and also talking about what they've done this year is uh, installing the Angler of the Year, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, like um, that people have been asking for. Um, so that'll be fun, but I think fork, I mean, it's going to take massive bags. I mean, uh, I guess we'll go, you know, around the table here, you know, start with Tyler. What do you think it's going to take, you know, per day inches wise to, uh, to win that thing? February, I'm going to probably, I'm going to bank on a cold front and say it'll only be 175, 180. Wow. Okay. So not going to give Trinity a run for its money. No, when that, when that place goes cold, like when we, when they used to have the TOC in November, if it went if it went from being nice, like we left the very my for the year I won down there, we left here it was twenty eight degrees. We pulled into Texas it was twenty eight degrees. Those fish didn't bite for four days, and yeah, I mean no they thing. just it gets tough. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean it could go either way. It could it could be amazing. I mean, they get a nice little heat wave. It could, it could blow up and find those schooled fish offshore. And otherwise, if it if it gets cold, those fish they'll go from two to twenty five feet overnight when it gets cold. It's it's a crazy lake. Yeah, and so we have we have Cliff Allen here in the chat, who's a local. Cliff, let me know down in the comments. Wasn't it uh, when they had that storm last? Didn't Fort ice over in some of the the flats and like the bays in there i i'm pretty sure i got pictures of yeah, uh yeah. wasn't it palestine that palestine. mlf was supposed to have their tournament on and they had like a full inch of ice over the entirety yeah. of the lake which it for me in texas i feel like that's just like it should be illegal it shouldn't be allowed to happen <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I, I saw guys uh joking about bringing augers down for their for the mlf tournament there but uh yeah uh, drew, drew what do you think inches wise it'll take for fork I'm still going to bet this with how many anglers are going to be there. Like I would say 175 to 200 that, that one person will have two days averaging around hundred inches. I think that'll, that'll happen just cause it's February, uh, you know, and that's when the, it, when the big girls really eat, you know? So I think somebody yeah. will, it, you may not get, um, you know, may not get, you know, five that are 20, but you're going to have, you know, someone's going to get one that's 25 to, to go along with some 18s, 19s. And that's going to push their, them up you know what i mean to at least to get one kicker a day so i just feel like some one person's gonna gonna hit 200 or pretty darn close just follow guillermo 
<laughs> well, Matthew Scotch. Yeah, between him and Scotch, they're always in the twenty fours and twenty fives down there. Yeah, it's. I think what's crazy is you see, like, especially when there's a tournament, like, like you're talking about Tyler with those post fronts, where it's like eighty five yeah. inches to ninety inches can do really well, and then but the the class of fish that you have that you can hook into down there can yeah. take you from eighty five right to ninety eight, like. I it's, still, it's, I still have nightmares from that lake. <laughs> <laughs> we we won't go down there and give you any CPSD. We'll uh, we'll no. leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we, we can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Nolan, Nolan, what's uh, what's your take? What do you think? Bold predictions for uh, the newbie. Yeah. No. I mean, they pretty much covered it. Texas. Uh, I, the only fishing I've done in Texas really is uh, Toledo Bend, but I've been there around the same time of year um two times and both times we had cold fronts come through and you know a lake that when you hear toledo bend you think like oh like you know potentially double digit fish bags over 20 pounds and since it is that lake and those fish do live there somebody obviously is going to catch them but what the weather is going to do is affect like yeah like the guy in first is probably going to have close to 200 but what is 15th place going to be right like if it's good fishing, 15th is going to be a lot different than when it's, you know, if it's a cold front. Because, yeah, those Texas fish, they are babies about the cold. I hate it. I came, I remember going down to yeah. Toledo Bend the first time and the water was like 52. And I was like, yeah, this is like pre-spawn. We're about to get them. And I had to let my jerk bait sit for so long. And I'm like, this is warm. Like, this is not cold enough for me to be fishing this way. It's just different down there. Yeah. Those Florida strain bass get uh, a little finicky with that cold yeah. weather. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's like all those southern boys when they come up north, they're kind of the same way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I only tease that. We have our buddy Forrest Bucket in the comments. He's a Louisiana boy that moved to New York, and he, for some reason, is now an ice fisherman. Doesn't like open water as much. Weird how that happens. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right? But uh, I think that one's going to be a good event. I don't really have much to, to add on it other than if Tyler, I think if it stays, you know, if we predict a cold front, like you, you mentioned, I think whoever found that those wintering areas will, will stay on them a little bit more consistent than guys yep. trying to follow that pre-spawn bite. Um, yep. Yeah, let's, uh, let's move on into March 2nd, which is going to be Richard B. Uh, Russell Lake, which I have zero knowledge about whatsoever in South Carolina uh, in conjunction uh, with the Bassmaster Classic, and that will be the championship for 22. Um, my first question on this, and it's not really it's not really fishing related, is do you guys think they will have better coverage of this event in, in, compared to last year? Oh, Being yeah. that there's probably actually cell service on this lake, unlike Possum Kingdom last year. I, I don't know how well the cell service will be, honestly. You know, I, I grew up in the southeast and lived most of my life in, in the southeast between Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and in college in Tennessee. But I've never fished uh, that lake. I mean, you guys all know I'm a, I'm a river and creek guy. I fished um, the Savannah River system, which is, you know, is there, and I have fished Hartwell. But it's basically what it is. It's, it looks similar to Hartwell, you know, more clay, just clay banks. They drop down the lake, so you got those rocky clay kind of banks. you got – you know, your, your largemouth and spotted bass will play are, are really, I'll say spotted bass loosely because it's really a, a mix between the Alabama, you know, bass and which is the Coosa spotted bass strain and the Kentucky strain, northern strain. So you're going to have like this sort of some of their hybrids, some that could be pures because some of them are coming, you know, they're, they're filtering out of Lake Hartwell, which 
Hartwell does have, um, you know, a lot of the pure strain, Kusa strains or whatever. So they get pretty big there. But both species are going to come into play. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. So not a lot of docks, not as many docks on Russell as you have on, on Hartwell, but never really actually fishing it. I, you know, I don't really know a whole lot more than that right there. But I'm just excited to be in the, the event again and uh, hopefully, you know, do a little bit a little bit better than last year. You know, I finished fourth on, on Possum Kingdom. So just looking for a little bit better finish. And uh, it should be exciting. The coverage should be great. You know, they're making improvements, uh, I know, on the results show, you know, on the classic stage. Yeah. And uh, I think it should be really good, really good event to highlight uh, the season. I like the fact that Bass has its championship with the Classic. It, it makes a lot of sense. And then KBF and Hobie, it, it kind of spreads them out a little bit. So good times there. Yeah, Tyler, Nolan, anything to add on uh, Richard B. Russell Lake, which I honestly I don't think I've heard of until I saw the no. schedule. I've I've heard of it. Um, Brian Latimer, I think, fishes there mm-hmm. some. He he posts he videos from there, and it yeah. I don't I don't think it has the same caliber of fish that Hartwell does, but it's definitely got a lot of fish in it. I would say anywhere you have spots, you probably have a lot of fish. They just might not be that big. Right. Yeah. Tyler, anything to to add to that? I think it'll take less than 112 to win it. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, per like day, total <laughs> each day. <laughs> Yeah, no I don't. Doubt. I mean, no, I, I don't know a lot about that lake. That was the first time I'd heard of it when they announced it. So, I bet mid mid eighties, even upper eighties for yeah. two days, two yeah. days in a row, and you're gonna you're gonna win. It's it's not a big bass factory or anything like that. It's got, yeah. right. you know, those those clay banks and, and lakes like that. You know, unfortunately, you've you know. I don't want to get into too much because I know my brain. I want to like talk it all because I love the biology of the whole thing. But the trophic yeah. up, the trophic upsurge, which is generally the first like ten years, the lake is flooded and you got all the nutrients in there that are healthy and whatever. It's kind of like a, when a, when a, f- a tree falls in the lake, it's good right right when it's fresh, but then over time, it, it's not as good right. Um, that's gone from all those lakes. So what they've done to replace that, you either need grass to reproduce, you know, replicate that, keeping the nutrients up. You need a lot of grass, like a Gunnersville, or you have to have introduce a bait fish that's a open water bait fish like your herring, you know, introduce different kinds of shad or whatever. In that lake, that's kind of that's kind of what's happening there. So, you know, if you can find those schools of fish that are feeding on the open water, you know, like a man-made ocean, if you will, uh, to pair along with maybe a largemouth uh, or two, it's kind of like, you know, Hartwell. You, you, you go looking for your limit with maybe some spots and then kick or largemouth or two, and and there you go. Yeah, I think it, uh, to, to recap and kind of conclude uh, the championship for, for Bass is I think, like, I'll, I'll agree with Tyler and saying, you know, some mid to high 80s a day. I think it would be just getting a limit and then finding one or two bigger largemouth mm-hmm. uh, compared to the, the spots that are in it, and that'll probably end up being what the, what takes the cake for that one. But yeah, um, I think that – exactly, yeah. I, I think uh, this next one will be interesting, um, and I'm kind of curious your guys' point because we see we usually see more Florida tournaments for kayak stuff. Well, I shouldn't say just kayak. I think tournaments in general in Florida are beginning of the year, but uh, March on the Harris Chain, which I've heard some good things about. What, what do you guys think about that one for for uh, the Harris Chain March 19th? Go ahead, some giant. There'll be some giant limits down there. Are you thinking bigger or smaller than Fork? Oh, definitely bigger. 
definitely bigger. Yeah. I mean, those, those guys consistently put up 110 down there, 115, you know, isn't, isn't out of line, you know, and coming from, coming from a guy in Iowa, 115 is two days, you know, not, not a single day, (laughs) you know, but yeah, these guys just wreck them down there. And I mean, you look like, like Jean Wilson, she lives down that direction. She fishes Florida a lot. I mean, she's mm-hmm. always posting up 10-pounders, 12-pounders, 15-pounders. It's like, I don't know, it might be worth the travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah she does not have to lock. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because that's not cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> Time suck right there. Yeah. Right. You just go um, wherever you got to go, and you're there. You're good. That's that's. Just- I love that, man. That's what I love about these, uh, the Kissimmee chain and the Harris chain, any other chain that we don't even, never even heard of before. That is where kayak fishing really even can excel even better. Cause the bass boat mm-hmm. world, they don't like to hit those spots, but we don't have that, you know, we can trailer and just drive around. So uh, I think it'll yeah. be big. Like, like Tyler saying, I think somebody at fork, the winner will have may, maybe potentially more than this event down at Harris, but overall the consistency of the big bags will be Harris chain for sure. Drew or Nolan, have you either of you guys fished the Harris Chain before? Yeah, I have. I've I fished the college natty down there. Do you think this one and Harris? Harris is a offshore plays pretty good, doesn't it? It's got shell bars. Yeah, yeah. Harris Lake is known for that. Is known for being offshore. Um, and you know, all the lakes are. That's where the big bags come from. Um, but you can catch big ones shallow for sure too, especially some of the other lakes. What do you think will rain more prevalent this time of year on Harris? I don't know, honestly. I don't know what post-spawn in Florida is like because, really, you can't apply anything that happens in Florida to anywhere else. It's kind of its own <laughs> world. Um, but, I mean, the, there's so many. When I was there, I just I fished all the uh, pencil reeds is what I call them. I don't know if they have a different yep. name for them down there, but there has to be fish in those. I mean, there's just so much of it, even if – the you know as a whole it might not be good but somebody will be somebody will do well fishing those reeds and probably nothing else yep yeah i think mpfl was there and so was uh who mlf was there right that's right bobby lane what weren't they there i think they were there he was yeah, flipping those, think, those pencil reeds yeah yeah he was he was flipping those and all I, you know i've never fished it but all i know about it you know when i've driven past it whatnot it is like you're saying it is different than the Kissimmee chain which i fished many times and you got a little bit more hills in the countryside over there. You got a little bit deeper water, which is why I think that that offshore stuff comes into play. Uh, it's just going to be a fun. You got lots of canals, and you can kind of fish whatever you want. You know, the grass, the vegetation, the shell bars. You know, offshore the canals. Not not really any, any as many creeks and rivers as I think the Kissimmee chain. I could be wrong. I got to go look at that. But I'm just excited to get down there and fish again something new. So now I have a new, you know, a, a lake system right to go. You know, do do a little bit of this, like you were saying. Shh, shh, Yep. Scout yeah. out. Check it out. I can't wait, man. Yeah, the BPT was there last May, and I believe Otto Foe won that one cranking like a. I think he caught like half his weight right. on one dock, like just making the same yep. cast over and over again. But uh, yeah, that one, like you, like you mentioned, Nolan fishing that. Uh, uh, what do you call it? pencil grass up shallow? Uh, we call it string grass up here, but uh, it's like. I think that that was playing one guys were flipping that guys were punching and then guys were uh, fishing the shell bars offshore. I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think Brett height was smashing on a chatterbait shocker uh, offshore on yeah. shell bars. Yeah, uh, so right. I think there's a lot of stuff that could play, but I guess Tyler drew, I guess really anybody um, in this group here tonight, like 
do you think it'll be one one uh, one pattern that will reign king, or do you guys think any somebody who has multiple things going on to kind of junk fish their way through will be more successful? Man, I, that's a good question. I mean, so this is quote post spawn. I mean, there could still be spawners there in March. You know, as you know, um, Florida, you get spawners from end of November, December, all the way through March. So there's a lot that could be happening. You know, what I mean, you could have fish already moved offshore. You could. I just think that you're going to find your strength. Everyone's going to find what they do best and their strength, which for me, it's going to be like shallow, skinny water. And, uh, and then hopefully find something there that can, that can hold out and just beat what the other guys are able to find in their areas, which is going to be a cool event. Cause there's really no telling how it's going to be won. Uh, but I will say that post spawn in Florida is incredible. And honestly, this isn't that much later than, you know, that the elite series guys have, you know, gone to St. John's and, you know, I know a lot of events do start in Florida, you know, the first of the year, but this isn't that much later. And so it's just, no. and you see how well they do up there. So they're going to crush it. And then this past year, they, you know, a couple different trails, like we said, went in June or May or June and they crushed it. Uh, actually was talking to John Sokup, who did really good uh, on the Harris chain uh, after his first day or second day, I can't remember what day of the MPFL. He was telling me his whole rundown of what he was doing. He found something unique and it was just really cool to, to just hear what he had found. If you guys go back and watch that, tournament from mpfl just a real unique he's such a, a guy that studies the whole like ecosystem as well and he found a certain temperature water certain bait fish would rise to the surface needlefish and other stuff and when he saw that bait that was a pattern he found and that's what they were they were hitting he just had to find it now in a kayak you can't run like he did to, 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 to like the different <laughs> spot so that's always the challenge all right for sure got anything else to add guys on the hairs i think Probably just because of the reputation of that place, somebody's going to find them offshore and they're going to fish it two days in a row and they'll probably have 100 inches both days or more. Because when I was there for the college national championship, we're out there like, oh, like maybe I'll catch 20. And then like the kids that won were catching like 30. So, yeah, that was a stupid, stupid waste. <laughs> they live there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go. Probably I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 105 a day, if the fish if yeah. it sets up yeah. right and things stay yeah. consistent. Because it doesn't matter what their bellies look like. No, yeah, no. Exactly. and that's the nice part about the kayaks. <laughs> you don't need to worry about them. All right, April 16th, moving right along here to uh, to Grand Lake, uh, and so Grand Lake in April, I want to say that'll be right after the spawn for Oklahoma. That'll be directly post spawn. Um, and that being said, directly after post spawn, the bite can actually get pretty pretty good. I would say, especially in the south, because those fish are fresh off the bed and, and are hungry. So, um, I'm not going to say there's going to be big bags for Grand, and I'm not going to sit here and talk like I know Grand Lake because I don't. Uh, but from what I've you know watched, you know, seen the past few years, people on Grand Lake, um, I get to see somebody going down a bank with a buzz bait or top water because we saw that play in the open this past year. Uh, to someone that can cover water and just have, because it, it's possible there with the amount of fish that are there, five above average bites. Um, yeah. I would say probably 92, 93 inches a day is what my guessment's going to be. But uh, you guys got anything to, to add on top of that? Yeah, I'd say I'd say you're not too far off right in there. I mean, the biggest thing is just going to be cover water inside the 150 yard rule and. You know, just keep 
keep casting, keep casting. We got Josh yeah. Booth here saying that it'll be flooded and spawn. Yeah, I think it'll be spawn as well. I mean, I've caught yeah. fish as late as in the south in Georgia, as late as May off bed. So it's just crazy the range that they spawn. But mm. again, yeah. it's got to be you know it's the majority will be done. It could could potentially be spawning right then or or be done depending on the weather. But I mean, I, I think it could be ninety five you know a day, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, you hear everybody complaining about the one hundred fifty yard rule, but I mean, I don't. It, it's not going to play in that tournament. Everybody's going to be shallow anyway. Yeah, let's let's talk about the rule real fast, just for folks that are tuning in. And I'm not gonna, we're not going to go too deep in it whatsoever because uh, Kayak Bass Nation, as I said before, is linked down below. They did a really good job at diving into that. But just for for folks that are tuning in that may not know what we're talking about, real quick, Tyler, if you don't mind, just kind of real quick, say what that rule is. So Grand Lake has a has a rule on their lake that you can't be over. I think it's 150 yards in any no wake area. So if you're or yeah, if you're in a no wake area, then the rules null and void. You can cross, you can do everything you want to do. Other than that, you can't even cross the lake in a spot where the you know where the boats are running. Which you know it's it's been a rule there since you know for years, and it's just you know back when kayaking was young it was put into place so it really hasn't ever been you know it's been challenged but they are set in their ways so yeah 30 minutes after sunrise also hmm. you know so i but you know it's like i said goofy rules like that everybody's playing by the same ones yeah you know, so what difference does it really make you know as long as everybody and right. it's it you know it's is it going to change how you do things yeah absolutely but you know, because like somebody had posted up, there's a couple docks that are 150 feet long. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what do you do? Do you got a portage? You know, but <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, so I mean, a lot's going to, a lot, the map study is going to come into play on that lake. So yeah, yeah. especially if you're, you're plan A and plan B, if you have to cross the lake, you can't do that. No, right. You yep. got to go all the way around to a uh, no wake zone in order to do that, which I think that is going to be the biggest hurdle for a lot of folks is yeah more a more of how you lay like how you lay out your day of what you're going to do if you're going to have plan a through c you got to make sure you can get to plan a or c in a timely manner not like mm -hmm. more than we already have to do in a kayak right yeah i'm looking at it here guys grand lake has 1300 miles of shoreline so if you can't yeah. find <laughs> you know <Good> luck. <laughs> i mean there's enough shoreline you don't need to necessarily cross to, to run into no. a bunch of them so You'll be all right. Yeah. And I actually like a, 30, 30 minutes, by the way, guys. 30 minutes after, I don't mind that because at that time of year, I feel like the bite heats up in the afternoon. So hopefully that pushes our entire tournament day a little bit later. Maybe it's a 4 o'clock ending. I don't know, or something yeah. like that, 3.30. The bite typically gets, gets better. So I, I'm, on, I'm all for it. I think every tournament in before, like, May should be, like, 30 minutes after sunrise till let us fish to, like, 4 or whatever. I personally think yeah. that, but well, just for a relevant time of year, spawn, yeah, more daylight. Anyways, that makes sense. Nolan, anything to add on that before we uh, we move on to the remaining tournaments here? No, not really. Um, I will say, and uh, Josh might be able to add on this. I feel like Grand over the past, like it's kind of been on the decline. So I don't know, you know, how that'll affect like the spread. You know, like the top of the leaderboard will obviously be good, but I don't, you know, that's when it starts to like 
you know, what, how, how much you're going to have to catch to have a decent tournament. But that will be a time of year when, regardless of what shape the lake is in with the fish population, that, that'll be the best time. So that will, you know, it should still be pretty good. Yeah. I just saw Josh's comment, by the way. He said, worry about the flood conditions. Is that what he said? Not the. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that gets me excited, man. I love like super high stained water. That's like my favorite thing to fish. So if it's like that, I'm going to have to be making the drive. I'm going to Google how far it is from the, the Cleveland Akron area right now. <laughs> I think, I think Drew's goal in these flooded tournaments is not just to find fish in practice, but just to see how far back he can go in an area. Right? Just, to, yeah. just to say he did it versus actually trying to catch yeah. any fish in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah, true. but yeah, for that one, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 92, 93 inches a day. What you guys? Any anyone different track mine there? 95, I think. Hi, it's okay. In the ballpark there. But what do you think? Right. What what species are there? I mean, I know that I fished the Neosho River and the Elk. Um, are smallmouth the smallmouth play there? I've never even fished the actual lake, and not they don't really. Play. I really? think somebody might get one if they fish the top end of the lake, but no, they're not going to really play. Yeah. 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 I think it'd be predominantly largemouth. Largemouth. First spoon, yeah. Yeah. Cause all the, yeah, they got all three. Yeah. yeah. But like we said, like if they're going to be on the bank, I think it's going to be yeah. largemouth. The, at least, I'm all, at least I'm all to win in. it or, ch- or yeah. Ch- cash. Yeah. 95. Oh. I'm all in on 95 right now. I'm calling it 95 <laughs> a day. Thousand on red. all right so moving on uh may 21st lewis smith lake in alabama um this is uh the second to last tournament before you gotta wait five months pretty much uh for the last tournament uh we got lewis smith lake uh towards the end of may in alabama Uh, and i think this one is it's going to be interesting uh for this one i think uh that's going to be set up for a lot of offshore guys uh, in terms of being able to find brush piles, at least in terms of looking in recent how it's been won in opens and, and other the like a Toyota series events that have been there. Um, I think actually, Nolan, did you you fish Lewis Smith? Haven't you? Haven't you yeah, I've college? been there twice. Uh, would you agree? You think that's going to be more of like an offshore brush pile deal? In end uh, of May? what what's the date on it again? End of May, May twenty first. Uh, yeah, I mean. I'd say it'll be, I don't know, maybe like 50-50 or maybe 60% offshore, 40% shallow. There's there's plenty of shallow fish to be had, especially with how much pressure fish get offshore now because of how good our tools are. Smith Lake right. in particular, because that's, you know, clear water, spotted bass. It's in the south. Everybody has live scope. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at that, there's, that's another dock lake, isn't it, where docks play pretty heavy? Yeah, and um, it's it's certain times of the year that they play more than others, but yeah, for sure. Cool. I think for for that one, I'm probably gonna go eighty five to eighty seven a day. For and for each day, you're gonna have to have eighty five to eighty seven. What do you guys think? I don't really know the size class of fish you're capable of in, in Lewis I Smith, mean, to be quite honest. I know weight-wise, it's not very much to be to no. put on record, but. There's there's a lot of 18-inch spots. I mean, but that's going to be like your top end. I mean, you might get a 20-inch fish, but that would be definitely Rare. a kicker. Um, okay. It's, right. not, it's not impossible to catch a, you know, like a 22, 23-inch largemouth. Th- those are definitely in there, but that'd be pretty rare. Yeah, no doubt. Tyler I mean, Drew? I think 
I think, uh, like you're saying, then the I think what happened uh, last year, who won? Um, didn't John Cox win over there? And he was catching, you know, Slim jigging. was it 14, 15 pounds, something like that, I want to say, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe he got one day that was up higher. So, anyway, yeah, that probably does equate for the in the like high 80s or something. So, I mean, it, what is it? What time of year is it again? May 21st. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's still in that like directly post spawn. They're going to be feeding pretty good sort of mode. So, yeah, I think the high 80s is, is doable. I, I feel like it's kind of similar to, I've never fished it. So, Nolan, you can chime in here, but I feel like it's probably similar to what I was saying about that Lake Russell. It's like, kind of like the banks every time i've seen them go there there's not a lot of vegetation right in in lewis smith it's kind of like no I don't think there's any. maybe kind of, there's some hydrilla that lives not off much. in some mud just kind of rocky <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe i mean I, there's there's a couple parts of the lake that are different than the rest of it but for the most part it is rock walls on rock walls yep. either side of you i mean Running right. that lake in a bass boat after takeoff is terrifying because you got to, they launch you all the way up in the top of one river arm and everybody, it's like a boat race weaving in and out of the cliffs and the waves bounce back and forth off of all the, it's, it's a nightmare. Oh, but, yeah. yeah I mean, it, but the cool thing is about Smith Lake is that it's, there's so much shoreline because it's so narrow and there's so many winding, you know, twists and turns. You, you might not even see another kayak when you fish. Yeah, that's cool. That's definitely cool. I, I guys can see will be able to Russell spread out really well. Yep. The only difference with Russell, Russell's not the the as rocky shore. It's more like that clay with clay, some yeah. rock transition. But I feel like the same thing they're saying, like brush piles can come into play, and then finding those schools of roaming offshore. You know, I think fish, that's going to be that's going to yeah. If people hot. can tap into that, but again, the fish that do that there because it's the south and everybody sits there with live scope throwing stuff oh. at them. Those fish are so smart now. They're getting smart. Yeah. Like you're saying, every 10 year old, you know, it's like you get a bike when you're nine years old and then 10 years old, you get a live scope for Christmas. It's like, <laughs> it's just it's the way it goes, man, in the South. Yeah. And it's a lot harder to stay on those fish in a kayak versus a trolling motor when they move around so much. So it, it'll take, it'll take a lot of manpower, I think, to, to stay. Well, I guess bass allows motors, so it could be motor powered too, but uh, to really stay on those fish, if you're going to choose to fish them, fish them that way, at least. But, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on to, uh, the last one. And I think, I think one that could go two complete opposite directions, kind of like we were talking about with fork, uh, and that's Pickwick in October. I feel like either that could be really good or that could be really, really bad. Another place that's very, obviously that we saw last year, uh, with the elite series and their crazy, uh, flux of water levels. But, uh, what do you guys think first stab at, at this one, Pickwick in October? What do you guys think? I think it's going to be bad. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody <laughs> else to say it. <laughs> to find the south, bad. <laughs> the south in October. It's I mean, tough. the south in fall is just always bad pretty much because it's, it's yeah. those fish get fished for so hard all year, and then they get to that funky time of year when, I don't know, if they just – don't feel like doing much because it's just hot and they've been living all summer and they've been getting fished for and they're like i'm not doing anything till it gets cold i think that's kind (laughs) of how how the bass work down there yeah and it's still summer in october Mm. 8 9 yeah yeah it's it's gonna be just the really maybe the worst time to be there yeah Um, so basically just trying to find you know, somebody's it's going to be one of those tournaments when there's a huge spread from the top of the leaderboard to like halfway down. It's going to be crazy the difference between a decent day 
and a winning, you know, tournament. Yeah. I mean, defining bad to me, I feel like the fishing may not be quote as good in the spring, but I feel like this is a going to be a true test. I like events that are like this. It's like, I use the analogy, you know, the, the, in golf, the masters or the, you know, the uh, U S open, the, everyone has to deal with the high rough and the challenging conditions and the fast greens. I like to have events like this because a lot of people get out of it up here in their head right off the mm-hmm. get go. And this is a two day event. You're talking like, you know, how many people are not going to limit two days. There's only going to be a small percentage that actually limit two days. And if you can keep your head in the game, even just get a small limit, you're cashing a check. So I'm excited about the event, even though it's definitely going to be, you know, very challenging. Yeah. I think that one's just going to be who can, uh, who can find a better bite going or at least a pattern wise and current. I think if current's going to play King for that one, just be like, we mentioned, you know, time of year being so tough like that, that probably one that kicks off that summer to fall transition, like up here, in the Northeast people say all of our fish are super dumb or, you know, Nolan at, at pier fishing, uh, Brad Rutherford likes to call them uh, hot dog eaters or Cheeto eaters. Cause they'll eat about just about Spirit anything. Lake fish. I hear about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Tyler knows what's up with spirit lake, but uh, yeah, maybe not spirit lake, but that area I've heard that some fish up there can be very cooperative at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> We have, we do have a couple weeks, uh, end of August, early September, up in the Northeast, that 15 pounds wins in a tournament. And, you know, after the top five, there aren't limits being made in, in the Northeast, which is, you know, which is what people think is rare. But it's like that could be the same time frame, you know, speaking that the South is about a month or so behind yeah. in terms of temperature wise from the North, that it could be, like you just said, it could, it could suck to put it bluntly. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I think didn't... at that situation, you just look for current moving water and morning bite that'll, if you if you get it a, a morning bite is so key in the summer man and, and the late fall so you need it right all right well that wraps up bass kayak series and i did not anticipate this first uh trail going 45 minutes practically so we're probably not going to spend 20 minutes on each of these next locations coming up but uh i do want to dive into uh Tyler, I would like to talk about the All-American Kayak Series, and then we'll move on to Hobie and wrap up with KBF. Um, so, uh, Tyler, without further ado, man, Mr. TD up here, uh, start us off. Let's look at the schedule, man. Um, we're actually we're switching over to two-day events this year. We're going to raise the entry fee a little bit. We're going to get it up to 175 for two days or 180 something like that. It's all posted on the website, but we're going to start off. We're going to kick it off early in February because a lot of us are sitting in two feet of snow in February. And so we're headed to Lake Palestine in Texas, February 26 and 27. Hopefully um, they don't need their ice augers for that one. I'm hoping not. We we made a couple phone calls to some guys in Texas and we said, hey, where can you catch a 10 pounder in February? And they're like, check out Palestine. So. Ooh. And the nice part about us is nice. we're we're not we're not focusing like the other groups are. We're not worrying about tourism boards. We're not worrying about that. We want to put people on the best lakes at the best times. You know, if if we do get cooperation and it works out, cool. If it doesn't, we make it work. So then we're going to Kentucky Lake in March. And the reason this came about was I went to a national championship when it was on Kentucky Lake and I got my teeth kicked in 
and I wanted redemption because <laughs> this is Tyler's story. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, sorry guys, here's the real story. But no, I mean yeah. Kentucky Lake in March. I mean it should be it. It's going to be the same deal. It's going to be a coin flip. You know, if we have good weather going in, it could be great. If it doesn't, you know, we're gonna we're gonna struggle. So, I've heard rumor then, that Kentucky's back on the rise. There's, I've been watching the boat tournaments down there. I mean, everybody's still trashing it, but I mean, there's still some pretty good limits that come out of that place. It's just going to be where at on the lake you're at, and so I mean, that's going to play big into this. You know, the guys, the guys that love the skinny water are going to are going to really crush it. Mm-hmm. So. But then we're headed to Table Rock, Missouri, April 9 and 10. That should be a killer event. The Rock always fishes good. And, I mean, there's there's some pretty solid limits come out of there. Yeah, I and think then, that, uh, that event, I was telling you, Tyler, when you sent me the schedule, uh, if it wasn't on my fiancé's birthday and I wouldn't get killed for, for fishing a tournament that time of year, that would be probably the one I want to go to most of all, more than uh, the one coming up afterwards. <laughs> but um, that one in itself, I feel like it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And and even if I think that, especially for someone that you're trying to introduce into the sport, just from a numbers perspective, yeah. can be a heck of a lot of fun and a great opportunity to, to get into it. Just to get a feel for tournament fishing and catch a lot of fish, have a good time and get them introduced to it that makes sense yeah and i mean the every every style of water plays there you know i mean you can run you can run six seven miles up a creek you can run i mean you can fish main lake rock walls points bluffs yeah like josh said no off limits you you launch in bounds for the all-american then you can go anywhere as long as you can paddle paddle or motor to it so like for drew it's perfect for him because he doesn't even have to go hey am i too far out yeah exactly (laughs) so but then then we're headed to the fan favorite of last year was lake okaboji in iowa may 14th and 15th now okaboji's kind of been a hidden gem for a lot of years i mean 26 27 pounds in the spring wins it in just about every boat tournament we did it this same exact weekend last year and 80 inches which midwest at 88 inches is going to win just about every tournament around, you know, 80 inches got 39th place. Jeez, so, that place is so dumb. <laughs> it is. There was, we had 57 anglers and I think 53 or 54 of them had limits. There was only three people that didn't have a limit. That place, uh, I was fishing that last year, that time of year. I think it was a week before then. It was around yeah. May 7th, yep. 8th. Um, yeah, because you, you were there at the same time. Yeah. I was fishing. No one else fishing was Brad. We went out for the day. Uh, and I think within like a 30-yard stretch, we had 22 pounds of largemouth, 18 pounds of smallmouth, and two big, uh, two like over 40-inch muskies yeah. on, all on the all on a chatterbait. Like you didn't have to do anything. It's like they'd never seen baits before. Yeah. yeah. It's, That's so, nuts. It's been described to me. Yeah, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now, man. So here we go. Yeah, come on out. And we we let Boji play and Big Spirit play. Big Spirit is and both of them are glacial lakes, so they're super clear. Um some of them wind up a little better than others, you know, and dirty up a little bit. Like but I mean you could throw you could throw a rock at a dock 
and catch a bass. I mean, they they just they eat that time of year. What about good the, grass too? Really good milfoil. What about yeah. this uh, little spirit lake? Is that in play? Yeah. Okay, so that's in play too. I love yeah, it, man. Come on. <laughs> this Drew's is the, adding this to his schedule. <laughs> <laughs> dude, yeah. This is the perfect example of what I'm saying. Like a bass boat, you know, I don't know how actually how big this this lake is, but this doesn't look like you know, a, a big bass boat tournament with 200 and something boats could ever go there. This looks perfect. It's got three lakes of, of kind of not equal size, yeah. but, but big spirits, almost the same size as Okaboji. And then the, yeah. uh, the little spirit, it's like, dude, that's the perfect kayak fishing destination that nobody yeah. knows about. It's not getting all the pressure. It's perfect, man. Like great job yep. on that. I mean, all these, these lakes so far have sounded awesome. So I, I mean, yeah. seriously, I'm looking into this, you know, I need to get over there and uh, give it a shot. Yeah. Then, then in June, I, I made a phone call up to Michigan to a buddy of mine that lives on this lake, and I said, hey, what's the best time of year to be here? And he said, the end of June. So we are heading we're heading to Lake St. Clair in June yeah. 4 and 5. And yeah, this one's got me torn just because I've never fished St. Clair, and I'm a smallmouth guy, and I want to go fish that. But also – uh, we're going to talk about the Hobie series coming up, but they got same time frame Lake Chickamauga and you're not going to be there. So I feel like that's my time to get down there, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I I love chick, but yeah, clearly, mm. <laughs> but same for me. I've never fished St. Clair. And I told Josh, I said, I want to branch out to a little bit more East. You know, we've never, we're, we've kind of put together this series based on the Midwest, but, you know, it's not a bad drive from Michigan down to down to Truman Lake for the class if a, if a guy wants to come and qualify. So let's bump out a little bit and just, you know, give people more opportunity to fish fish the classic because I mean our classic pays ten grand to win. Yeah. And so but then we're gonna then we're going to my favorite, my absolute it's my my I call it my home water. We're gonna we're gonna really do something crazy this year, but we're going to Lacrosse, Wisconsin, July eighth through the tenth. We're gonna do a three day event, and then we're gonna cut the field for day three. Um, we're gonna try to do some filming on the water. We're gonna try to we're gonna put together a big bass by hour. Um, the tourism board up there at Explore Lacrosse has really helped us out this year, so we really wanna. Really want to show out for that event. Nice. It's the only kayak event on lacrosse this year. So yeah. if you've never been there, it's definitely one to come hit. Cutting so it down to what, 10? That? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Bailey. No, you, you're good, Drew. Go ahead. I was just saying, how many are you cutting it down to like 10 for that third day or to film? It's going to it's gonna depend on what our what our participation is. I'm I'm hoping we can put together the biggest tournament that's ever been up there. I, I TD'd the bass event that was 127 up there. And that was the biggest event that's been there since KBF and the very first one. And I, I won the very first KBF event up there and there was nine of us, you know? And so it, yeah, (laughs) it was a tough field guys, but you know, but that just shows how far it's grown up here, you know, to put lacrosse on the map. And I mean, it's, it's the most level playing field in all of fishing in my eyes. So, yeah, so where are those going to be? Where's it going to plan to be live streamed? If you can film on that last day. Um, we're going to try to put it on the all American series.com and okay. probably to the Facebook page. And we're, I'm 
I'm trying to work some things out right now so we can make that happen. So cool. I just think it would be a really good opportunity. So yeah. then in July, we go to another little, another lake in Kansas that it's, it's a really hidden gem. It's called Wilson Lake and large mouth, small mouth, both. And just, it's, it's a very clear lake, a lot of structure, a lot of offshore fishing a lot of bluffs, stuff like that. But I mean, some awesome limits came out of there and people love that place. And it's, it's perfect for us kayak guys. So then in August, we're going to the other river. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to the Missouri river on Lewis and Clark Lake in Nebraska. It's Nebraska, South Dakota border. Um, large mouth smallies played there last time. Smallies played big there last time, but the, the big difference between the two is like lacrosse. You can find slack water everywhere. The Missouri river, it moves. And I mean, you can find your current breaks real easy. Um, your points, anything like that. I mean, Jordan Westerman pulled that one out for two days. One, won a ton of money out there. But just an awesome place. When you say uh, smallmouth played big, you mean like just predominantly species wise, or like yeah, inches wise too, like big inches, yeah, big smallmouth. And these, like, I hooked a couple of them that were sixteen, and I I swore they were over twenty because they're they're in such fast water. Yeah. You know, they're just they're just ripping, and they're solid muscle. They look like footballs. You know, they're north northern so strain gonna... smallies. Yeah, is that going to fish similar to lacrosse then for those that are no. looking to make a no? Completely no, different? because that's why I went there in skunk day too, because I fished <laughs> it like lacrosse. But no, I mean, it just a lot of current breaks, a lot of that sort of stuff. You know, finding finding the right water is the big key. But we're going to open up the river this year plus the lake, and so it'll be a ton more water. But I yeah. I literally took off from a ramp and ran to this bridge that was our, our official out of bounds. Cause I wanted to get up around the corner of the bridge. Cause there's a bunch of bluff walls and I'm like, the small, he's got to be there. I, I came around the corner in my old town. I can run 4.6, 4.8 mile an hour. And it literally brought me to a dead stop and I couldn't go any wow. further. Yeah. Really? I mean, I, yeah, I could go upstream about 1.6, 1.7 mile an hour. That was it. I mean, it was just, it was crazy fast water, but it was so much fun. Nice. So then we're we're heading back down south to Bull Shoals Lake in Arkansas, September 10 and 11, which is an awesome lake down there. You got to go beat up on the Arkansas guys. Try to. <laughs> Kyle, Bull it'll be okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, solid. So and that's then, in September. Uh, really yep. fast. Sorry to cut you off, Tyler. Oh, um, you're all right. No one, have you, you said uh, – butted in there a little bit so i'm assuming you've been to bull shoals then yeah that was we had one year i think it was the same year that the college series went to the st lawrence we had one year when we hit i think either three out of our four events or two out of our four events we managed to land on the lake at the time when it was like the week to be there and that's when we were there um at bull shoals we caught so many fish and you're catching all three species and they're all nice. It's not like you can catch a four pound spot there. You can catch a six, seven pound largemouth, five pound smallmouth are in there. I mean, it's it's a neat lake and it's beautiful. 
um, in the water, you know, I mean, you can find stained water, but stained for us in that tournament was like (laughs) six foot visibility. That was like the dirty water. And then you go to some places and it's like the St. Lawrence visibility, like 20 feet. Mm -hmm. You could see the bottom. It was a really, really neat lake. Tons of fish, unbelievable amount of fish in there. Yeah. I've seen some footage from the guys fishing that, uh, the Bass Pro, the qualifier, uh, there at Bull Shoals before the, the million dollar tournament. Mm-hmm. And watching the, the film from guys fishing there, it looked like a western lake with that deep, clear water. Uh, just the way the shoreline kind of set up, it kind of looked like a western lake. But yeah, sorry to cut you off, Tyler. I was just, I was curious. No, no you're good. On that. No, it's take it away. Yeah, then in October, we had a 10 killer lake in Oklahoma. You know, same thing, a mixed, mixed bag down there. You pick up largies or smallies down there. And that was a, a really big hit net last year for us, so we're making a return trip there. And That's then the lake I made the bracket at, and I fished that one too. Nice. <laughs> See, How do there you, think you that go. That one's gonna set up. There you How do you think that one's gonna? What time of year is it? Ten. October. October. First part okay. of October. It might. It, so when I was there, I think it was September, and it was brutal because um, we got third place and. The first day we had two fish, and the second day we had four fish. Oh, and the God. Third, and the, the third day we had a limit, um, and that's the national championship field. So that's like guys had to qualify to be there, and the college series is clearly stout just because of the fishermen it has produced so far. Um, but we saw them, and now people have live scope. There were a lot of suspended fish there, like really big smallmouth. You'd see them come up out in the middle of the lake for like half a second and eat a ly for a shad or whatever then go right back down and there were nobody figured out how to catch them we all talked about it but there's some very big fish in that lake um yeah but we were just there at a bad time but october could be good that could be getting to the point where just depends on if you get a you know stretch of cold days to cool the water off and get those fish fired up it could be really good yep no nolan you gonna put your live scope on your kayak for these tournaments i'm probably gonna have to buy another one (laughs) because i don't want (laughs) to I can't, yeah. I can't fish without it now that I've experienced it, you know, so I don't yeah. want to switch back and forth because I have one buddy that was taking it from his John boat back to his bass boat and switching them every time he went fishing because he couldn't stand to, to leave it. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's, it's way too expensive, but it's worth the money. Like, once you see what it does, it's just, you know, yeah. you're going to get beat by it too many times. You might not use it every time, but when you need yeah. it. Drew, you got it. Have you been putting more use into it, or is it no. still sitting in your garage? Well, listen, man, listen. <laughs> so the, I'm going to plug the guys at the Bass Tank right now because they do such a good job. They're, they're basically the experts in live scope and, and rigging and, and whatnot. So they're going to get into the kite game a little bit more, I think, this year. But I have one. You know, I got one from them, and it was in the middle of the season. It was out there when I was on my way to Possum Kingdom for the championship and just – you know, the season is you can't learn a new tool like that when you have, you know, you're doing full-time other stuff, family, you got to really use the off season to learn that tool. And this was my off season to do it. And I still am going to learn it. Um, but the, you know, the kid coming early and all that stuff pushed it off, but I've actually have a plan. Uh, Robert Weicker and I, and uh, maybe a couple other buddies, Dustin Hoy and Ken Morris, maybe are going to come over here and meet me in my garage in about a week or two. And we're going to get a little video of an install video. And I'm going to try to do something, Nolan, that might, be of interest to you if you want to keep you know one i don't know how it could work with the bass boat and a kayak but i'm going to make it transferable to all my kayaks because i do have you know four models that i'll have so it's going to work off of a track and actually got a 
the components from the guys at the Bass Tank that they work with it. So give those guys a call. Uh, they've got some really good deals over there going on. And the, the cool thing is that you're going to get the best support from them. So you need to call them, you know, and talk to them. They're going to be there. Just they do it every day. They rig that stuff on boats and, and kayaks. So that's my little plug for those guys. But I am putting it on, and I'm excited about it. You might think I don't need it. I fish a lot of shallow water <laughs> stuff. But like Nolan said, when that thing comes into play, it might only be two or three events. It's kind of like you might pull your flipping stick out for one event, but dude, good thing you had those, you know, you're fl flipping stuff there, right? Or your power pole or whatever it is, you know, whatever tools we use. If they just win one time, one event or two or three, if they come into yeah. play, they're worth it. And no doubt about it, LiveScope is worth it. Uh, I don't think, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's something you need for every event, but the right time, it's, it's just uh, uh, unbeatable. Yeah, Andrew, you say two, three events, right? But, I mean, you talk about could be even just two, three fish for yeah. one of your days that can make a huge difference of it. Yep. You know, it's, yep. You got like people it. saying how they're using it all day long for every fish when some guys it's just like, oh, I just see a random fish off there, and it turns out to be their kicker for the day. Like It's just one little small change. Well, like – like for me, I, I'm the same way Drew is. If I if I fall down, my nose is gonna stick out of the water. You know that's how shallow I fished. But yeah. being able being able to transition out to that eight to twelve feet range, and just be able to find the structure with it. You know you don't necessarily have to waste the time and find exact fish on it. But if you can burn through brush piles or you know weed edges stuff like that, you can you can get the point down to the point where you can target a lot better than what we could prior. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Well, getting off the uh, live scope topic, because we'll <laughs> probably talk about that for another hour and a half. Right. I know Nolan's about to geek out over here on his scope. <laughs> Anyone that keeps up with his socials, he, there isn't a day that goes by that you don't see live scope on Nolan's Instagram story. Yeah, but uh, it's a fun tool, especially now that the water is cold. Um, I'm very yeah. thankful to have exactly. it because normally I, normally I hated having to fish this time of year, but it makes it a little more bearable. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, no one's right. Cold water, very good. Heck yeah! All right, let's let's keep moving right along. We're gonna dive into the the Hobie series here, and we're gonna kick it off February 12th and 13th uh, on Toledo Bend in Louisiana, and. Uh, selfishly because i'll be making the 21 hour one-way drive to this one i'm hoping it's going to be very good fishing uh but i'm curious what you guys think uh and the fact that you know drew i think you said you, you fished toledo before nolan you said you fished toledo um you know what do you guys think this event is going to shape up like what's it going to look like go ahead nolan um i i think it you know it's going to come down to the weather because if we have a cold front it's going to be tough and if it's, you know, a stretch of warm weather, it might be really good, and there might be shallow fish that play. Um, I hope it's cold because I've been there twice when it's cold. So I kind of have some places that I might want to check out. But, um, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. You know, it, it, the fish live there. Toledo Bend is definitely, in my opinion, it's, it's an overrated lake. Not, it, you know, it's not a, not a bad lake um, for tournaments per se, but Texas is like people think about, you know, double digit fish and all that. And when, when I've been there for these college events, we have 250 boats um, fishing two days before they cut. And there'll be like, you know, maybe three eight pound fish that get caught. Like usually when you're at Toledo Bend, if you catch like 13, 14 pounds a day, you're, you're doing really well. And I don't know what lengthwise that would translate to for the kayaks. Um, but you know, it, it's, 
it's not an easy lake in my opinion I, you know i've spent a good bit of time on it now and it's you know it'll it'll test you for sure yeah and i believe uh, i think i was talking to daryl gleason that like the grass is pretty much gone yeah it's gone from what i yeah. can figure because when gone. i was pretty much when i was there the first time there was one area of the lake that had grass and i i never went there um i never saw it but there were a lot of boats fishing there and they did really well and then the second time we went there there was like one patch and there was one team that it was this dude from louisiana and he's like man i just punched this mat and i'm like dude where the heck was the mat like i didn't see a strand of grass but he had one mat that he fished but besides that, I mean, there was no grass. It's pretty. I think it's pretty much gone. The whole lake is just gone. Did they spray? What's happened? To, to... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know here's, the story either. Here's why I'm saying that. You know, you may Bailey. You know, I may have mentioned this to you. I fished Toledo when I was a kid. That's the only time I fished it because my grandparents uh, retired on my mom's side on Toledo Bend. And so, yeah, I fished it as a kid. I think last time I was there, you know, 12, 13 years old, grass was everywhere. I mean, that lake was just covered in you know, the timber that they left when they flooded the lake and then just grass everywhere, hydrilla, every kind of grass, just tons of it. So I don't know what's happened, but I haven't fished it in a long, long time. So I would love to get back there. I don't know if I'll be able to make it happen, but uh, I'd love to get back there just for sentimental reasons, even to go back and see my grandparents' old house and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, I have no idea the reasoning for the grass just being completely gone, but, uh, if anyone's tuning into this or listening at a later date, obviously, you know, hit us up if you if you do know what exactly happened. But uh, there you go, Scott answered it. Dropped the lake, and I guess oh, it killed it. That's oh, yeah, that's the dam. I was gonna say, it doesn't feel like the kind of lake where they would spray or get rid of grass for for like recreational purposes, no. you know, to beautify. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like that because there's all those trees no, sticking not. up everywhere. Mm-hmm. So why? I don't think they, the South yeah. does that. <laughs> They're not like the North they where they they but, hate fishermen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, dude. Well, either way, tough. But uh, I know the lake's pretty cool, and I've heard it's actually a really cool place to go graph with all the housing foundations and stuff at the bottom of it. So uh, I think that one is that one's going to be interesting. I still think it'll for that time of year, like kind of like what we just talked about, could either be really somebody good or really bad, depending on the yeah. But um, somebody will catch a big one or five. We'll see what happens. But uh, that one should yeah. be fun. And then the next one is the one I am most jealous of because I can't make it. I have to go work uh, the MLF Red Crest that same weekend. But uh, March 26th, 27th at Santee Cooper. That one I am so mad I'm missing because I've only yeah. been hearing really good things about what that's shaping up to be like. So, Drew, what, what are you thinking uh, Santee is going to take? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unreal. You know, like we've talked about earlier in the podcast, I've been there – uh, you know, in the spring, and it's been unreal. And then you go back in October, and it's hard to, to get a bite. I mean, it's just tough. It's the south. So, you know, this is uh, spring, right? You said, what's the date? March something? March 26th. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be unreal. I'm just unreal. That's like the exact time you want to be there. Just they're all going to be basically spawning, like the majority of them, um, you know, in that whole stretch right there, probably mid-March to you know, early April. So it's just going to be nuts. You're going to catch a lot of big, you know, there's going to be some 24, 23, 24 inches, maybe even a 25. So it's going to be nuts. It's going to be high. You can catch them anywhere in both, both of the lakes, uh, you know, up in the river. It's just going to be a real interesting, you know, event to see if somebody can bust, you know, I don't know, over a couple hundred, you know, maybe 200 and 
two or three, five. I mean, it's going to be nuts. So we'll see what happens. Nolan, have you fished Santee? I have not. Have Tyler, not have you fished Santee? Nope. That's like, that's like a three day drive from my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one, uh, from what I've been hearing and, and chatting with a few folks about is that's time of year where it's like, 32 34 pounds usually wins all the local tournaments so yeah. i can only imagine with what you can get back into with those kayaks it, dude it's gonna it's gonna be a fun place to to fish i've only ever seen it once when i was driving across the bridge in the middle of the lake and uh yeah you can you just look off to your left side of the bridge as you're heading south and all you see is just submerged uh timber for ages so it's i mean you saw a little glimpse of it in the elites uh was it two years ago they were there um and uh i mean some of the stuff yeah. you can get back into is gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a fun place to have a kayak tournament it's a good kayak like it really is so you, there's a swamp up uh you know where the water comes in i can't remember which one the northern lake is if it's moultrie or Marion, but the you got the swamp up there it's just a real good you know like you're saying lots of shallow water and these little backwater bays and ponds and you know boats can't really get into all of them you know so it's gonna mm-hmm. be a good good kayak and there's some areas that boats aren't even allowed to get into i can't remember where they are but um, so definitely going to be a really good yeah. event. I'm pumped. Yeah. It's a, it's a nightmare for, for boaters and Santee from what I, I like, uh, like fork, uh, a bunch of these different yeah. Southern lakes that are just timber everywhere, but, uh, moving, uh, moving right along to April 23rd and 24th, uh, a lake that's been very popular in the past couple of years for the, the kayak trails. And that is Lake Eufaula in Alabama. Um, what do you guys think about Hobie going back to Eufaula after having TOC? Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. You know, they have their relationship, and it makes sense. And, I'm, you know, obviously it's going to be a different time of year. It's all going to change. You know, Bass was there in May. I fished that one. Um, and 25 of the 100 anglers in May, I think it was May 7th, caught uh, five. So 25 out of 100. So it can still be challenging. But I think being a little bit sooner is going to be just – right on the money so we'll see what happens it's it's definitely a, a fun lake but like we've talked about before the grass isn't there like it used to be in the past the pressure is unreal it's it's just you know it's just gonna be hard it's gonna be hard even though it's mm-hmm. spawn it's still gonna be hard it's it's not it's heyday like we were talking about with toledo bend and other places and they all ebb and flow you know the grass will come back in, the, in these places as well um since they're not spraying it for any sort of recreational purposes It'll, it'll come back things will change but right now it's a little bit a little bit down but still gonna be fun it's, it's gonna be grind someone's gonna win probably 90s uh somewhere in the 90s yeah i think uh obviously everyone knows you follow from you know watching different uh you know like elites and such um but uh it's been a brush pile like you know people can yeah. scope different things like we, we watch you know Buddy Gross, when they're doing the same thing, a lot of guys were scoping brush piles with jerk baits, swim baits, all that jazz. But then, you know, Christine won it uh, up shallow in the exactly what Nolan was talking about with the Harris chain up in that pencil grass. Um, just slow. I think she's throwing a stick bait and a fluke. But, uh, like, it's, it's – I think they kind of exposed some things to the place that you can kind of get creative. Not that people weren't doing it, but that it's just known to be this offshore fishery when you got one on the bank. So, who knows? Um, and now the next one is uh, Broken Bow Lake, and I want to say, Drew, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, you may know as well. Um, they are going on May 14th, 15th. Is that the same time frame as they went last year? Was that in May or was it later? I think it is. 
around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've heard this place is out. absolutely gorgeous, and it's actually some pretty good fishing. Nolan, have you yeah. ever been down to, to Broken Bow? I haven't been, but I'll be there. Gonna... Actually, it was March. Definitely Sorry. make sure that I'll be there. March. It was March. Yeah, March 6th. So, yeah, it's later. And Drew, Russ, did you fish this one? one? No, I did not go to Broken Boat. It's, it's, you know, a little ways away, you know, from the Cleveland uh, area. So, I didn't fish it, but um, I want to fish it really bad. Uh, you know, I really do. Um, I, we'll see if their boundaries or anything change. They've cut off a lot of the, the river that feeds into it, which, you know, I again, I don't really know, you know, why, but I prefer to fish rivers. I mean, I like to go to tournaments and also it's also just the time I get away to fish. Like a lot of you guys, you know, watching and listening. So if it's, if it's going to be kind of fishing that I don't just enjoy personally, like I got a kayak to fish rivers and backwaters and wild places. So not that I won't go and obviously go with a fish to win R if there's an event, like I'm going to be at anyway, or it's close by, but if I'm going to travel that far, I want to fish some water that I just kind of enjoy. And so I was like, yeah, a lot of the rivers off. It's, I'm probably just going to pass on it. So I don't know if the boundaries will be the same. Um, hopefully not, but uh, and I, I'd like to go. So I know it's a really good fishery and it's just gorgeous. Like you said, there's not a lot of uh, houses or, or docks and things like that. It's very remote. So I'm excited. I love fishing lakes like that. So, you know, hopefully I can get a chance to do it. Tyler, you got anything to, to add on Broken Bow? I don't know if you have any experience in the place. No, I've never been down there. I know the numbers were good out of there last year for the Hobie event. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you, you get people rave about it. They just, they love the lake. Cause like they said, it's like, it's kind of like a watchtower, you know, it's a, it's a really, it's a gorgeous place to fish. Yeah. Yeah. So I know Guillermo I mean, raves about it. Guillermo, I think Joseph Sanderson, both those guys told me yeah. so many good things about it. Like it's, a, it's underrated. No one knows how good this is. So yeah, it's, it's definitely one to go hit. And they had good numbers, and no one had ever heard of the lake, you know, outside of yeah. that area. So that just shows these trails. Like you can go to places that aren't the quote unquote names we've been marketed to our whole lives through those elite series right. events. So uh, I'm glad that Hobie's going back there. Yeah, I've heard of, and I think Russ won it. I think was slowing down with a jig, but I've I heard of guys catching cranking, guys throwing big swim baits, guys throwing dirt baits, and. You know, Nolan, you say you're going down there for that one. It sounds like if they're eating a jerk bait, have fun with your live scope, buddy. That should be a, that should yeah. be a lot of fun. I but, mean, uh, I'm just – that's the style of lake that I like fishing the most. Um, you know, I think it'll fish very similar to bull shoals. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that's the type of fishery it is just from what I've looked at. Looked at it on a map. It looks like some of my favorite stuff to fish um, in Virginia. So I'm going to be there because I just – like what Drew was saying – I want to fish something that I enjoy fishing and that one stuck out to me yeah. as the one that I will probably enjoy the most out of the whole schedule. Dude, I can be friends with you too, Nolan, like I am Bailey, because we fish opposite <laughs> styles. And yeah. so I never have to worry about Bailey right. like, ever poaching my areas. I'm like, so, but I do, I do agree. Like Nolan, when I saw that lake and, and what it looked like, there's a lot of banks that have, there's not a lot of structure on the bank. So when I see mm-hmm. that, I think live scope, I think, you know transitions from sand to gravel to bigger chunk rock on the bank i think brush piles i think things like that humps whatever i think live scope big time because that's where they're they're they're, there's always going to be fish on the bank some to some degree obviously but i think those are the places that really stand out where the the live scope really stands out for sure and then when you cut it make it harder to get into you know a a river or creek too then it's like man that's just definitely going to be a live scope uh big player there yeah yeah yeah, that one should be fun. 
But uh, moving on to the next event, June 4th and 5th, uh, down in Dayton, Tennessee, on Lake Chickamauga. And uh, I think, you know, Tyler, we fished the one. Uh, Drew, did you fish? You fished Chickamauga, right? I did. Years yeah, ago I, for, for I, bass? I did fish that one. And that was uh, the, the weekend after – was the weekend or two weeks after I won the – AOI for Hobie and yeah. TOC, and I was just like shot. I was done. I didn't even care how I finished, and I think it was the first time I didn't limit uh, in an event, and I was like, whatever, dude. I don't even care if I'm like 38th place or whatever it was. It, it was hard. I fished, it was, it was hard. a hard yeah. event. We it was. That week leading up to it, it was super cold. Like It was down in the low 30s, and then the, yeah. the tournament weekend, it was up in the mid-70s, and uh, uh, that one was tough. I think it like – Three fish almost got you into the top ten, it seems like. Yeah. But uh, this one, I think, is going to be completely different. I mean, early June like that, I think fishing is going to be good. I feel like they'll be just getting – they'll be just off bed on those ledges. Like, if you can find those main river fish uh, and hold on that school well in a kayak, uh, because obviously there's no motors here, so it'll be more of a test of boat positioning. Um, I think I think the main river could play, but also, I mean, as we yeah. – no, uh, for folks that fish Lake Chickamauga, it's not. I mean, it's a very popular lake that you know that back in those creeks, it can it can be a heck of a lot of fun. There'll be grass growing by then. Top water can be in play. I think there's going to be yeah, so many just, different things in play. Just but, go and uh, throw a frog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Get out of here. <laughs> in a certain region of the lake, just yeah. go and throw a frog, and your little right. guy there. Yeah, the funniest part it was like the most popular part of the lake i was like all right i'm gonna try to be smart stay away from that because where everyone's gonna be tyler goes in there doesn't care and wins the damn thing in it so yeah, yeah. Fun stuff. fishing no around the bobber brigade yeah <laughs> <laughs> no one uh i'm assuming obviously fishing college you fished chickamauga a handful of times uh, i only fished it once it was when they had their national championship there and I'm definitely not a fan of the lake, but I'm open to fishing it from a kayak because I think that's one of those places that it gets fished so hard that the stealth of a kayak is going to yeah, give man. you a huge advantage, even though you can't cover water. Because those fish are just, it's unbelievable how hard that lake gets fished. Yeah. yeah. They live there, but I mean, dang. Um, yeah, that's the single worst tournament day I've ever had. That's the closest I've ever come to blanking in a tournament. I had one keeper on the second day of that event when i was there and i've heard of like thousand boat tournaments there in a day yeah, like, yeah. it's crazy ridiculous because it's really not even that big to be no. completely honest it's really not it's it, yeah it's nuts i've heard of thousand boat tournaments but i've also heard of thousand bass schools from uh you know miles Berghoff. i was talking <laughs> with him one time he said dude there's there's schools you know he was hitting i was like how, how many fish do you think are there he's like five hundred thousand. so it's nuts man the place produces but uh It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think it's just – think about where it's located. Like, you got Georgia, Alabama, you know what I mean? Like, North Carolina, Tennessee, is like right in the middle. Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, like all those big cities. And it's like yeah. perfectly centered. Large, you know, huge fish, obviously, with the introduction of the, the Florida strain of the F1s, whichever one it is. But The hybrids. Uh, yeah, the hybrids. So, it's, it's nuts, yeah. man. But it's always a good yeah. one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I'm still torn on that one over, or uh, St. Clair for – the all American series, but I guess we'll just figure it out when the time <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but Prime uh, the time. next one Prime time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, next one is in end of June, June 25th to the 26th. Uh, 
I think the most northern any trail goes this year to uh, Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire, which I'm actually – I'm unfortunately not going to be able to fish it, but I know that this one could be – is going to be a lot of fun because there's big smallmouth. They like to get shallow, and there's also big largemouth. I can't speak on the grass for that lake because I've never been there, but I've had friends that fish it, and they say big spinnerbaits up shallow. You're fishing it kind of like – no one to put it into terms like a, an Ontario or St. Lawrence shallow smallmouth. It's very similar mm-hmm. to that. Uh, so I think that one's going to be a lot of fun too, just because I don't think a, I think KBF might've gone there, Drew. Um, but other than that, I don't think any of big trails gone there before. I don't know, man. I don't even remember KBF, but uh, maybe in before I started really fishing, you know, these tournaments hardcore last just a couple of years. So they probably have been there. I could be wrong too. Maybe it was actually the um, Candlewood. The, Candlewood Lake. Candlewood. Yeah. It's further. Was that Connecticut or something? Cand- uh, yeah, it's Connecticut. That's a really yeah, fun fishery too. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, I think that one's going to be good. I think that one will take uh, low to mid 90s each day as well. Winnipesaukee. I mean, it's it's a northern fishery in end of June. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be right. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, and then. Weird one, I just think, because like none of us have ever really heard of it. Like everybody's saying, and there's that's yeah. it's really cool. It's an oddball that you know. I like I researched it. There's not really that much out there about the lake as far as the bass fishery goes. Yeah, I so, like that. Should be cool. It looks really cool on a map. Yeah, I've got a buddy that went there. Um, I think it was like mid May, and he just absolutely wrecked him. But I have a buddy that lives around there that fishes it. Uh, throughout the year and I'll poke some fun at him, at him because I know he w- listens to the show that if he can catch him throughout the year well then everyone will be able to catch him throughout the year well <laughs> so it should be a fun event um, <laughs> but uh, moving on to the next one I think is the it could probably be the people's favorite really uh, and one that's a lot of fun um, and that is the Susquehanna River up in Pennsylvania um, Drew, are you going to be able to to make this one? Because I feel like this one is kind of this is yeah. this is Drew Gregory's tournament, dude. It's you know I've, what last couple of years done real well in that that event. Fished that river a fair amount before um, they even started having the tournaments there. So yeah, I mean it's it's one I'm looking. I think I got a third place and a fourth place there. So and I and I just missed finding the right fish on day one this past year and. You know, I know we all probably say this when you finish in the top five or ten, like, ah, oh, if I would have done this or I should have, could have, whatever. But, yeah, I feel like I, I, I kind of blew a chance to win that one this year, really. But, um, so, yeah, I've got good experience there. I'm excited about it. It's a river event. I'm the river, river bass and guys, you guys know. So, uh, this is sort of the river section of the Hobie series and schedule. And, uh, you know, after COVID sort of let, let loose and I got, you know, life settled into Ohio from North Carolina where we moved and, and was able to fish those last three Hobies in a row with um, Susquehanna, Dardanelle, and uh, the Coosa chain, and then uh, the championship or whatever, the TOC in Knoxville to get the AOI. This is where it started for me, and, and I you know, love the Susquehanna River. It'll always be some place that I always want to go back to, and if there's a tournament, then even more so. So if you've never fished it, you got to get out there. It's, it's just unreal, man. It really is. Like any of these northern fisheries with smallmouth, like, you know, you had me at – it's smallmouth already. And now, you know, Northern fishery, smallmouth are a little bit even, you know, easier, like we've talked about. So, um, but those, that, that river, it's tricky. You got to really know what you're doing and, and to really find the bigger ones, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. So it'll be fun. It's going to be obviously uh mid, like mid upper nineties, sort of, sort of uh links for two days. 
Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Given, well, I think as long as there's not a big rain the week leading up to and that water stays clear, I think it'll be, it'll be really good fishing. Not that you won't catch them when it's dirty, but I feel like it's easier to catch them when it's clear water. And I could, I could be wrong in saying that, but um, I feel like in my mind that the dirtier that place gets, you probably won't have as, as big of a, a bag, but um, Nolan, is that one that's on your, your radar? yeah i think i'll be there my little brother raved about that place um Mm. and i grew up fishing the the upper james river in virginia for smallmouth so that's yeah you know they set up a little differently because the susquehanna i think is really shallow in comparison but for the most part i'll probably be pretty familiar with how to fish Mm -hmm. stuff like that river smallmouth are awesome that's until i started fishing college i had only ever caught smallmouth in rivers because in virginia there's not many lakes that actually have you know, many smallmouth. It's it's all rivers if you want to catch them where I'm at. Yeah, and I feel like you know, with you earlier in the show talking about you and your brother kind of working together this year, I feel like there's if there's a tournament to do it at, like this is one where it would really be effective to kind of, especially with you know drifting and going down river, making you know Oops. exactly. Yep, yeah. I feel like that's going to be where it's going to be an advantage. I shouldn't really say an advantage, but it'd be effective to be working with somebody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So moving on to uh, the end of August, the kind of, and obviously I have no idea how this place fishes. I've heard nothing about it. Uh, I plan on being at it. That is the Wolf and Fox Rivers up in Wisconsin. So Tyler, I'm going to refer to you on this one. Uh, what's the insight? Like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be tough? It's it's probably going to be the best large and smallmouth fishing around. I mean, it's it's solid, two solid places up there. Um, tons of water to choose from and there's there's literally 20 inch large mouth in this river i mean it's it's just crazy that's nuts yeah is it going to be similar to the mississippi then in terms of how yeah you fish it? yeah i mean it'll be a lot of channels and bends and stuff like that i mean it'll be covering it areas you know and running around i'm not sure exactly what all is in bounds but I know which one I would go to when we go there. I might have to send you a text after this. Yeah. Show and see which Get one. with me. Get with me, bud. We'll go. <laughs> but that, that's going to be a lot of fun. I think one, um, just because obviously you say in that it's that good of a fishery, it's exciting. But two, I think, and to what Drew's point that he's been nailing home is these new fisheries with new names yeah. that people mm-hmm. haven't really heard of too often. So I think yeah, that's was- going to be pretty exciting. It was really cool to see AJ move that over there. So, oh yeah, great, great yeah. pick, man. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, last one of the year, and I think, and I could be wrong, but Drew might be. This might be his favorite tournament of the year. But uh, I don't know why, because I heard everyone I talked to hates this place. But uh, Lake Dardanelle in Arkansas, <laughs> and uh, end of, or mid to end of September. What are your guys' takes on the yeah, same season? Yeah. Like I'm out. <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah, you know that's actually when that is the time of the year, I believe. Yeah, that I uh, won that event, but uh, yeah, it's a good. I mean, it's a good fishery, but also think about it like this. Like, so I fished, I think nine Hobie Bass Open Series tournaments now, and I've cashed maybe ten, but I've cast a check in nine of ten or eight of nine. I've only not cast a check once, and even though I've won on Dardanelle, guess where I didn't cast a check? My only one I've never cast a check, <laughs> Dardanelle. So it's like Nolan said, it's even though, and it was the second time fishing it, not, you know, I already had history there. Shouldn't I like, at least like learn something, but it, it is, it's tricky, man. That lake is, is really 
tough and very tricky. If you can find them, then obviously, I mean, this isn't anything groundbreaking. I'm saying when you find them, you find them. Right. But it's just the way it was that first time I was there, I found them and they were just there. It was loaded. And then the next time I thought they were there during pre-fishing and then during the tournament, they just disappeared. I'm like, where in the world did they just go? So we'll see, man, it's going to be, but it is a good kayak fishery because there's so many places you can get into where boats can't get, you know, and so much good access. It's, it's one of those places where, for example, the last day uh, on that, that time I fished it this past year, where I didn't cash. I moved five times, pulled out and moved five times that day. So it was a running gun and there's so much good public access. You can employ that method. So it's, it's got good access for kayak fishing for sure. And a lot of backwaters. And so I, you know, I'm still, I'll probably go there. We'll see. There's a lot of events I want to go to, but um, I'll still probably have to go there. You know, it was good to me once. So go back to the well. Right. All right. So then real quick, before we uh, wrap this show up with the KBF series, how do you think that sucker is going to get one? Oh, Dardanelle? Yeah. Or the, I, you know, I don't know, man. It could be – I don't know. I don't really know, man. Well, let, me, let, me me refer, let, me, let me get you a different question then. How, how, how much do you think a day is going to take then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, it's going to be like – I think low 90s, maybe – high 80s for two days is going to win that I, you know i think that's what's what's going to happen so we'll just have to see i mean it depends like are are shad pushing back up into creeks yet or not you know at that point mm. or are they still out in the mouth i mean you know you just don't know it's 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 a it's kind of like just on the cusp of what's about to be a transition but it's not yet it's still summer so you know junk fishing at its finest you know it's been beat up all year so finding a water i think finding water that hasn't been fished by the, the bass boats uh, because all that pressure in that lake, like I said, has a lot of that may be key in that event. We'll see. I say that all okay. the time, but then people like Nolan and Ewing and whoever, like on the main lakes with the live scope and the technology, it's like even the bass boats can't, as much as we want to get away from them in our kayaks, we feel like we have to. It's not always the smart decision. It's just not because the bigger the ocean, the bigger main lake has the bigger schools of fish. And a lot of times the bigger fish are there and bass boats can't scan and cover all that water perfectly so who knows yeah yeah that'll be an interesting one but uh yeah let's let's wrap things up here uh drew if you have you have kbf schedule in front of you don't you yeah i got it would you like to uh walk us through that schedule of events i built well i have everything but the on my personal this is guys don't get mad at me west coast guys this is my personal excel spreadsheet i don't have anything on the (laughs) west coast so but right. I will pull. I will pull it up if you want. I mean, I've got it here. I have it right here. I have it right here. And I've got it. I just figured because uh, you've been fishing a bunch of KBF events, I figured we could run through it with you. But uh, let's see. We got the okay. year starting out and the uh, end of January on the Kissimmee chain in Florida, January 29th to the 30th. Yeah. Uh, like our I feel like that one could be. Yeah. yeah. I think it's <laughs> about consistent. Starts there. Yeah. So like but the elites a- on the Sabine. <laughs> yep. It's a, that's true. At least on Sabine are starting at St. John's for the third year in a row. So, but it's, yeah. no, it's a great fishery. I mean, I dude, that, that place is unreal. I mean, the, all the different lakes you can go to the ones where there's a lot of lakes where the bass boats can't get to that are in bounds. Again, that's, that's where I like to go just cause I like to be, you know, wild and alone if I can help it. But man, the, they're there. Obviously we've, we've seen it. So it's going to be in mm-hmm. the uh, upper 90s again 100 inch kind of range for a couple days yeah. so 
Yeah. We'll move it in. Oh, and that's for the that's the ten invitational, correct? And the and the trail series. There the, the ten invitational is oh, right. the two ones. days okay. combined. The trail series, you know, they have separate Saturday and Sunday tournaments if you can't get to you know one of the other. So yeah, that's both of those. And then yep, February, then, what, what's there? We got February we got it going out to the West Coast. Uh, February nineteenth and twentieth is Lake Shasta in California. So giving some West Coast love. And uh, I've heard some really good things about Shasta in terms of just how you fish it. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's still one of those deep, clear lakes, isn't it? Yeah. It's got some huge yeah. fish in it, but I don't I don't think like across the board that it is like a numbers lake. I could be wrong on that. I know when the the College Series actually had an event out there, and usually when the College Series has a West Coast event, there's less than 20 boats there. But besides that, I'm, I think there was like a nine pound spot caught in that tournament. Um, Oof, it might've been bigger than that. A uh, guy caught it on a glide bait. It was huge. It was the lake record. Jeez. You can probably look it up. If you look up like Shasta yeah. Lake, lake record, that's, and I know I'm pretty sure it also has like gigantic large mouth that people catch on big swim baits, but yeah. in California, everybody's trying to do that. So yeah. They're not and easy it, to catch. And isn't every lake in California, a deep clear lake. Yeah. <laughs> except for <laughs> except for the delta <laughs> yeah pretty yeah much. let's see we got and then after that we're going back out east to lake murray in columbia south carolina uh february 26th to the 27th same time Which, as last year It'd be pretty much identical it? yeah same time as last year cody won uh cody milton won that event it every year that place will, will put out some big i think he had like because it was two separate tournaments, he won. Um, he won one of them. I think he might have had like one oh five or something super high. It was like 104, one oh four. It was really up there. One oh two. And he caught like a twenty five, a twenty five inch, like a ten pounder. So it, it's got him for sure. It's going to be. Wow. That's the perfect pre spawn time there. If you know, if you really want to pick your exact time to ever catch your biggest largemouth, you you pretty much want to do it about two weeks before two weeks before they spawn. You know, one to two weeks before they spawn they're going to be at their heaviest. And that was when they were just dumb, pregnant, eating anything in their in sight. So it's going to be a good mm-hmm. time for it. Sweet. Well, I, I know there's folks that will fish all the, the bass kayak series or they'll fish all the Hobie BOS series. If there's anyone that's fishing all of the KBF trails, uh, RIP to your vehicle, you're going back out West, uh, back out <laughs> to Arizona to Roosevelt a couple of weeks later. Uh, and Roosevelt's one I've heard talked about mainly just from uh, Josh Bertrand's podcast and him talking about that guiding out that way. Um, but that one I don't really know too much too much about, especially in the March time frame. Um, I'm not sure if any one of us has ever even ventured or know anything about that lake out west. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but from from what I've heard, just from listening to Bertrand talk, it's like a it's a clear water fishery, and you just burn the bank with. Top water spinner bait. I know Josh said he throws a spy bait along the bank there a bunch, but when it comes to Arizona fishing, I don't know did they squat or where to start. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have fun as a fan watching the whole West Coast swing that KBF's done this year. I'm really glad they did it. So I'll be excited to see how how it's all won and just something different, you know, going on. Yeah, yeah the kayak scene on the West Coast is really big. Like yeah. with the college series, the problem was there weren't enough boats, but. There's definitely plenty of guys to kayak fish out there. They have huge, huge turnouts. 
Yep. They probably don't want to pay seven dollars to the gallon to fill up their truck and boat. <laughs> no, but you can't uh, even get ethanol free out there. When I was out there, <laughs> I fished a tournament at Clear Lake, and the guy that I borrowed the boat from, I was like, "Oh, like you want me to run ethanol free in the boat?" He's like, "You can't even get that in this state." <laughs> <laughs> Good grief! Well, after Roosevelt, they're heading back. Uh, heading back east to a brand new lake that kayak fishing's never seen before, uh, <laughs> to Cattle Lake yeah. in Louisiana. <laughs> Nobody's ever been there before. No. Uh, early April, <laughs> which I mean, I say that like mockingly, but uh, quite honestly, I'm jealous because I would love to go fish that place. It looks like a heck of a lot of fun, uh, and I'm sure early April it's probably bonkers too. I'm sure it's good fishing there, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Every time somebody goes there, it's really good fishing. Um, and it's just straight yeah. power fishing. So Yeah, it's awesome. That place is incredible. I mean, that's, that's you know, I got second or this way at the national championship there. Yeah, if you guys have never been there, it's it's definitely one to go to. You know, and the other thing to mention on that event, Bailey, is it's Caddo plus four. So the other four lakes that are in balance and in play, which the national championship this year was not one on Caddo. So there's other lakes that are in play in the Red River. So that's an exciting event because – and actually, actually, it's not even just those main two lakes, the, the Bissonneau and the Caddo, that are going to be in play. The other ones, they play too, especially in the spring when they're all going to be rushing the bank. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And that's a good example, again, of a great job to KBF and, and these trails for putting together tournaments on chains of lakes in places that, you know, you just don't see the bass boats and, and that are great, as we clearly have seen last couple of years, two, three years, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the next one uh, is one that um, conflicts the same weekend as the Hobie on Lake Eufaula and has me kind of torn. I was talking about uh, either going between that late St. Clair tournament for All-American or Chickamauga. Um, and I wanted to go to this one. This is the Potomac River in Virginia, on April 23rd, 24th. And I only say that because of that tidal fishery. It's something I've never fished before. And I feel like that's something that could be a heck of a lot of fun to I, well, I don't want to say fun just yet, but something that could be challenging to try to learn. Um, but I think – I don't know KBF's gone there a few times, and it's it seems like an interesting fishery. Being, you know, that it's tidal as in a kayak angle, not having that mobility, that could be a really challenging uh, fishery. But I know – I believe, Drew, you've been there before, haven't you? I've actually never fished the Potomac. It's, it's tough, though, when you watch, you know, all the bass boat trails there, and that's super hard. It's super tough. And, you know, you don't have giant, giant – you know fish or anything size wise so it's going to be a, a grind no matter what time of year you put it there i mean it's it's going to be really tough so be ready no one no one have you fished the potomac yeah it's only to the potomac from my house is about an hour and a half um to the nearest <laughs> ramp um i've fished it a couple times i don't fish it a ton but and most of that is because when you fish a tidal fishery your best bite is a short window so it's hard for me to justify driving that long if i'm only right. gonna i know when they're gonna bite but it's just you know usually you don't catch them throughout the whole tide but right. i fished a fished a college championship there um and made the the final day cut um it's it's a good fishery uh i think this year i want to say it was better this year than it has been historically like cuz they always have the toyota series uh go there and um yeah. and that's usually they do that like early fall which is just a horrible time to be there but in years past it's like if you get a limit twice you are top 10 like for sure probably top five but right. this year 
it was a lot better. So I think the fishery probably is improving a little bit. And so it could be good. That's a good time of year to be there. When I was yeah. there, um, I think it was the beginning of May and, uh, and it was good. So yeah, they got um, the timing, right? Yeah. Jo- Jacopo won that yeah. one, I believe yeah. smashing them on a, a, well, no, that was the, is that Jacopo? yeah, that was, Weren't that, that was the, the pro circuit or was that, no, he may I have won know. the Tackle warehouse. I, I know. I think it was Tackle warehouse cause it was live streamed. Yeah, yeah, because I remember like seeing them. Pro circuit found a grass patch yeah, somewhere in out in the middle spring. that final day. So mm-hmm. yeah, it looked looked like a lot of fun, and like it's on the upswing, yeah. like you're saying. And you know, you may have a chance to catch a snakehead there. So for some of you guys out there who've never caught one, it's a really mm. good snakehead fishery. So you know, <laughs> I've caught your <laughs> Yeah, I've never I've never caught one, but that's one reason to go there for They're sure. Cool. They're yeah. cool. They're probably one of my favorite non-bass freshwater fish to target. They're a really neat fish. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, Tyler. Just take a frog, go to the Potomac, have yourself a yeah. heyday with snakeheads. We got them. We call them. They're mudfin. <laughs> yeah, they're just mudfish, bowfin. 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 Yeah. bowfin up here. We call them Midwest redfish. Yeah. <laughs> you can't Parental. eat those ones though. No, no. Like snakeheads are better than walleye. That's not. Yeah, that's what they that's say. Oh. Exaggeration. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. I eat them all the time. Yeah. I have to put that to the test this spring then. Um, so the next event. Uh, April 30th to May 1st. Uh, Tyler's is way up your alley. We got Lake Gunnersville, um, and which I feel like every trail's gone to. I feel like everyone, at least one of them, goes to a Gunnersville, regardless boat or kayak goes to Lake Gunnersville. But uh, April 30th to May 1st is probably right after. It's probably postponed, if not a little bit remaining, maybe a few on bed. So I'm trying to remember Gunnersville this past year for the elites that there were still some on bed that they found yeah, like there really were. late. There were. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what time of year that was. It was way later than fish should have been spawning, but I think it was just with a full moon that a wave of fish, you know, yeah. happened to spawn later than, than what they normally would. Um, Cause yeah, it wasn't full spawn by any means, but guys were catching males on bed. I know for sure, but they were really having to like spinning rod, you know, six, eight pound fluoro and a Senko. They were up in the really clean water up in the grass. Who won yeah. that one? I can't remember who won that. Uh, Kufal. That was Kufal Frank. Won oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Right. No, you're right. That's you're right. right. Frank won last year. Yeah. That was May 20th to the 23rd. So there very well should be bass still spawning, or at least if it's yeah. not as delayed as last year, then uh, obviously there still might have some still on, on bed later if that if that cycle, like Nolan was just describing, is somewhat similar, but I think for the most part, it'll probably play similar to how Kufal won it, just punching grass. Um, yeah, it's Gunnersville. It's going to get one on grass. Or... Right. <laughs> it sounds like Ledger didn't even play any part in that elite tournament. They started to, but it was, and like all the guys pretty much in the elites were saying they were, it was like going to be within a week was when you know that was going to be right. the deal yep. to win and, and guys were waiting on the fish to actually come to them Move like out, some yeah. guys caught them offshore but they just weren't quite out there yet so yeah it's mm-hmm. just going to come down to weather it i could see it being one offshore because it's tennessee river so yeah but yeah grass grass yeah. i would say more likely for that time of year yeah so that same weekend uh and i think this is a really interesting one because i've never heard it before uh, and that's the Chatfield Reservoir in Denver, Colorado. Whoa. Yeah, that's a interesting. That Like, I don't think anybody's heard of that place. I and mean, yeah. how many kayak anglers or what pocket, how, like what numbers are they going to pull there? That's yeah. going to be 
I mean, Super Colorado, Colorado's got a pretty good set of anglers out there. We have them. They actually come over to our All American series and fish wow. the Kansas events and that. And I mean, they got they got a pretty good club over there. James Francis used to run it while he was out there. So, okay. we'll I think see. it's yeah. And Drew, I think I might be reading this schedule wrong because there shows a Gunnersville and Chatfield in April and a Gunnersville and Chatfield in May. Oh wait, because they're same. Never mind. Ig- ignore my. Simple brain. It's because oh. they overlap into May. That's why they're listed yeah. twice. That was right. confusing. I know it um, is. And then we have a, it looks like it says a KBF Ambassador Pro Open, uh, Lake Mesolonsky in Maine. I think that actually the Pro Open is a TBA. It's May 14th and 15th. I don't know what that is. So, but Lake Mesolonsky, if you say that, if I say that right, Snow Pond, uh, Maine, May 21st through 22nd. So, I've never heard of that lake. Um, I think they had that elite kayak trail go there this past year. And I think that was, uh, I saw a couple guys catch some six pound largemouth, but it was like predominantly smallmouth in that 16 to 18 inch range that I think was rain King or how the guy won that. But um, I mean, it's North, it's a Northern fishery in May. You're going to catch them. It's just, you're going to catch biggest. Turnout will be interesting to see because, you know, the Northeast guys are always like, oh, let's get some tournaments up here. And then sometimes like Champlain for Hobie and then they didn't show up. You know, it was like 80 something people, which is not bad. But compared to, you know, over 100, 115 and more at other events, it doesn't look that great when it's the only one. And so we'll we'll see. Northeast guys show up to that event, you know, let it show out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And then uh, I think another really interesting one in June, we only have a few left here. Uh, is Pineview Reservoir in Utah. Uh, trying to pertain more to the, the uh, Northwestern folk, it seems like, um, with Utah. But uh, that'll be another one, you know, talking about in, in being intriguing to see who attends and how many attend. I think that, you know, Utah, that should be – I don't think I've ever seen a Utah on a schedule before. Nah. No, I've been out there. I mean, we – you know, I think that's the lake that uh, Outdoor Retailer Trade Show – um held their on water demos so i've been out there that lake a couple times i think it's got tiger muskie in it too it's uh you know they're just same as all those west coast lakes man it's just mm-hmm. sandy sandy sort of rocky shoreline not nothing really on the shore and you, yeah you probably need to have have some live scope or some electronics working yeah, yeah. <laughs> find something different or you know be real good at maps <laughs> yeah i don't know anything about the lake to really make a good comment on what will actually happen. But uh, to, to wrap things up, because we uh, otherwise we'll be going five hours tonight. And I seriously, I appreciate <laughs> you guys being on here for so long. I did not anticipate this being a two hour show. Uh, so seriously, first and foremost, thank you to the three of you for, for staying on here. Uh, I appreciate you guys. And uh, just to wrap this up, to, to kill this bird, uh, basically we're going to wrap the, the season up uh, in June on Lake Champlain, uh, June 11th, 12th. And then July ends on uh, Lake Erie, Lake St. Clair, uh, July 16th to the 17th. And then heading back out west in August to Clear Lake on August 20th to the 21st. And then, uh, so Tyler, if you if you make in these events and qualify for the, the national championship, you're headed to your favorite place of Kentucky Lake. Right. So you can pre-fish go. it with the All-American in the spring. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yep. But uh, I think 
That being said, uh, I'm just kind of curious. We'll go quickly around the room, not to divulge into the entirety of the schedule, because I'm sure you guys got a bunch. You know, Tyler, you mentioned you're fishing the All-American, but uh, anything else that you're going to plan on fishing this year? Um, I'm going to try to make my Hobie events this year, and I'll probably, probably skip out on the bass schedule. Like I said, closest one's 10 hours, nine and a half, something like that. So, And yeah. KBF's, KBF's even further away. So, I mean, we'll just fish what i can but i'm going to be mainly focused on directing you know i mean i want to try to get back and fish more than what i would what i was doing but i did forget to say we have an open shootout in april at truman lake in missouri for the all-american that's going to be basically what we did is we moved our all-american championship to the following spring so we're actually going to, that way we get, get away from the Hobie. We get away from KBF. We get away from everybody, you know, and just kind of do the championship in the spring instead of the fall. And awesome. so we're going to, we're going to do an open shootout on Truman. It'll be, it'll, we'll run it just about like a regular classic. I mean, it'll be a little more, a little more downscale, but we're going to qualify 50% of the anglers that show up for that. So Heck yeah, quick and easy way in. So awesome. Nolan, what uh, what tournaments you plan on fishing next year? Uh, I think I'm just going to stick to Hobie stuff. I don't know what all tournaments I'm going to fish. Um, it's just going to come down to you know whatever works out best for what's going on in my life at the time. Uh, definitely going to try to make the one in Oklahoma though. That's the one that's yeah high on my list. Heck yeah, I'm pretty similar in that, and I'm predominantly just going to be fishing probably four or five of the Hobies. I uh, know I will definitely be at Toledo, Eufaula, and then that uh, the Wolf and Fox, but the other two that I'm trying to make, I have no idea. Might, I'm going to try to make the Susquehanna, but uh, that is post-ICAST week, so we'll, we will see how that wraps up, and I'm sure we all know here how crazy ICAST can be, and especially if you work in the industry. So we'll try to make that one, but uh, Drew, uh, close us out here. What, uh, what do you got sure. planned for, for 2022? Man, I'm not – yeah, you know, we're trying to cop out here, but I really don't know. I, I just put my spreadsheet together of all the events um, with this little girl, the newborn, and you know she'll still be pretty young when a lot of these events are starting. And we got a toddler. We have a three and a half year old and three dogs, and wife's got a lot going on here. So don't want to leave her, you know, until she feels like she can handle things. Because um, you got to go for a long time and commit, you know, to a lot of these events and drive mm-hmm. a long way. So my goal is probably going to be to look at the schedule and try to focus on, you know, this past year I tried to fish all three and qualify for the AOI and all three. And I was second, um, or I was, you know, I did, did pretty good, you know, until it sort of fell the wheels fell off at the end. But for KBF, I was leading AOI heading into the final day of the trail series championship until my motor blew up and I was a mile and a half away. And it, and it, and of course it all fell apart then because I couldn't get to where I was going, which is a bummer. So I, I was in contention. So I, my goal was met there. And then Hobie, I was in contention. I was what uh, second AOI behind, uh, your brother, uh, Nolan. So I was right there. So my goal is going to be to look at the schedules, find the events I can maybe qualify for the AOIs again. And of course, uh, Bass has an AOI now and, uh, you know, qualify for their championship. I think it's going to be tough for me, to be honest with you, with uh, the newborn to, to be able to, to do all three. So I'm probably just going to veer towards towards two of the series. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All four, well, all four. Yeah, with All-American, of course. But last year for me, it was the three. I spoke, yeah, all four, All-American. <laughs> Uh, I might have to sneak some of those in. So definitely, dude. My goal is, uh, you know, this year having the the baby coming early and missing the TOC. It was kind of like, you know, 
nothing is more important than that, you know, bringing a life into this world. And there's no right. better trophy than that, man. But it on the, the you know personal side, it was kind of like funny how it all I was right there and, and possibly could win both AOIs and just it just kind of all crashed down. But you know, what can you do? You some things are out of your control and it's no one's you know one's fault, obviously, but that's just that's fishing, man. Sometimes right. that happens. So we'll see if I can pull it off next year and and pick the right ones and uh fish them probably the minimum possible to be in the hunt come the championships i just will say this one thing on the championships if you're a tournament director listen to this i would really say try to make the championships not double points or points and a half because it really skews it's angler of the year not the championship because usually when you see the winners of the championship events on stage with their big checks they're the same people who walk up on stage for the aois and really if you look at the the you know their year as a whole it's not really indicative of the year it was indicative of that weekend so i would encourage us to to go back i mean look at bass bass doesn't have aoy points at the classic they don't need to it's a classic you're gonna have all that money already so you've already got a lot of drama so just stick to the regular season events for aoy and it and it actually creates a lot of drama at that final regular season event so it's not like a a second championship in a way so you're right that's what we do at the all-american god you guys are end of the season it's done points are done I'm gonna have to reconsider going to that one this year for sure, man. You got a lot, a lot of good ones on the schedule, so I'll send you the yeah. schedule. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I didn't well, hear boys. any conversation about points this year, ever. Yeah, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, obviously, Ewing had the, the probably the best year of schedule. I mean, if you look at it all the way around, he, you know what I mean. He really yeah. did. I don't, I don't know where. Where did he finish at the? toc do you remember i don't remember he, he came back yeah but it, it just it wasn't it wasn't um you know he wanted to win but i think the um the guy that ended up winning uh we my dad did the math and the points wise if you averaged out him and ewing they were almost identical so it was cool that it ended up working right. out for somebody that actually did yeah. do well the whole season yeah. as opposed yeah, to somebody that just got lucky with the last one going really well yeah exactly and that is, I've, I've been in that same position where I went to a championship, would have made the 10, would have made yep. the 10 house, and rolled out to my spot, sitting sitting in second or third after day one, rolled out to my spot, duck hunter sitting on it, skunk day two, ended up 52nd, fell all the way to 26th, you know? It's, it, it's, yeah, it's just not, it's not indicative, it's not right, but... Uh, it's not right. how it should be. It's not. But anyway, hey, shout out to Josh Booth. A lot of good comments, Josh. Uh, and I like his comment. Nine. What do you say? Uh, Nine fifteen. Why limit kayak anglers? Question mark. <laughs> kayak anglers are bred to go where no one else goes. He's right. absolutely right. You cannot take the kayak out of kayak fishing. And right. uh, we need to keep keep our options open and let the kayaks go wherever. Because one day this will be live stream. It will be on TV. And the coolest yes. part about it is going to be will Nolan and Bailey, uh, you know, electronics gurus. You know, will that will that win, or will this you know potential bank right. or skinny water oxbows, backwaters, whatever creeks? We have a, a cooler sort of dichotomy than even the bass boat world has. The closest they come to it is Jason Christie going seventy miles up the Sabine. You know, right. and they can't do that every event. We've got this cool thing. We can kayak can go offshore, it can go inshore, it can go everywhere. So let's make sure it stays that way and keep the kayak and kayak fishing in these events. And uh, we have an, a cool app called you know the Far Wide app, which shows where public access is or public land is so we we all yep. have a, a bible so to speak to go by on our access so there's 
I don't see any issues with the tournament directors or whatever. I mean, a lot of this is on our system. So I appreciate right. Josh's comments and I agree hundred percent, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, boys, I just want to say thank you again. Like I was mentioning earlier for taking the time out tonight, uh, a big thank you. And uh, I will let you guys go here and give you, hopefully give you guys some back, back some of your night, but for real, so you, a huge shout out to you guys for taking the time out uh, and spending your, your night on this show. I appreciate it. And uh, Hope we get all of you guys back on here real soon, and I promise it won't be a two-hour show the next time. Thanks, buddy. Dude, <laughs> I'm don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, I'm not sleeping anyway. I'll be about every two and a half, three hours for this little yeah. girl. So <laughs> what do I do at this point? So. Heck yeah. Well, boys, it was good to, uh, good to get you guys on here, and Nolan, it was good to get uh, good to get you on here for the first time, and uh, I hope it's not the, the last time we get you on here, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys all real soon. Sounds, Sounds great. great. You guys. All right. Good luck. Right. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Well, folks, we are going to wrap it up here. We'll see you guys on the next one. See ya. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode, and want to check out our show partners. All of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanga fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.